Press play for Neil McLean. Press play. Well, uh, yes, we're back. we're back. We're back. Today we got some guests. Yeah, we have a whole shipload of people here today. <laughs> we actually have the shark, I think, from this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's over here. Shocky, where are you Shockey's at? He's over here. The no. first sign yeah. that something's going on in the movie is that the title is in quotes <laughs> and the fish. I like the fish. Like Fishmasters? You remember that show? Fishmasters! Fishmasters? Like, played around (laughs) SNL right, like, in the early 90s. I'll show you some YouTube, like, commercials of it. It was like, I thought Pauly Shore was on it for years. Okay. But, yeah. But, uh, since we have a full shipload of people here today, um, can we all, I guess, go off, I guess, from there? Go off from, from, I guess, from my direction to everyone who's here. (laughs) So, I'm Benji. I'm Brett. This is Chris. Uh, this is Steve. I'm Chalky. And this is Jake. Jake. Steve Bartek of Boingo Boingo. Yeah. Oh, Boingo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another yeah. of like these many like weird Elfman Burton connections this movie yeah. has. Yeah. So, yeah. My favorite guitar player, <laughs> probably. Nice. Uh, so, so coming up is a credit for the producer Denise DeNovi. And yeah. I think she's actually the most interesting credit because not only was she like... Uh, Tim Burton's producer and yeah. did a lot of you know his stuff, but also produced things like um, sorry I wrote um, also <laughs> produced things like uh, Meet the Applegates and the 2004 Catwoman. So she's not, she's not <laughs> adverse to doing difficult weird projects. Yeah. She's got range. 
Yeah. Quite quite a bit of range. Which probably inherited the Catwoman stuff from Batman Returns. So I think she did she produce Batman Ooh. Returns too. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think okay. she came to, oh, wow. to Tim Burton. Oh no no! I think she maybe did Batman. You mentioned the Meet the Applegates, which is another uh, like <laughs> what the fuck was that going on? Like I guess because the Burton stuff was a hit, they were like, let's do more things like this. Yeah, anything edgy, weird sci-fi comedy. Yeah, it's just more common. That only available on VHS. I don't think there was ever like a proper DVD Blu-ray of that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember seeing the images. Yeah. It was like I saw it in the theaters. It was there was a theatrical release. For wow. Yeah. She so she produced Edward Scissorhands. That was the first she worked with him uh, okay. in Batman Returns yeah. and Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, okay. This scene, even though I'm I'm not the biggest fan of this movie, this scene made me smile just because the reveal of Chris Elliott <laughs> as a fancy lad, as a fancy lad. <laughs> Yeah, and it does like the good like they're all man children. Yep. Yeah, like, the, the, the ages of everybody's indeterminate, but him having a beard. The timeline of this movie is very indeterminate too because yeah. he gets into a limousine. Yes. And there is a microwave later. Yeah, there's a microwave. Yeah, in the boat. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny. The limousine shows up early, so it's yes. just kind of. Whereas another movie that does that, Alex Cox's Walker. Which is a movie Oof. that's that slowly puts you in those in, 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 in that reality, folding, yeah. Folding like yeah. U.S. foreign policy into the present. But is this movie as political though? I don't. We, know. Should, we can see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little bit. But yeah, I was like that movie's just like oof. Like once he's like, we're gonna bring in slavery. You're just like, oh, this movie's on another <laughs> another level. Yeah. Walker. <laughs> but yeah. Um. This is a Steve pick. I will call this also again. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, what brought you into this movie, Steve? Uh, it was just like I grew up with a, a lot of like uh, I was the youngest of like six kids and shit. So, uh, I was like shown to a lot of this kind of like humor really early on. Mm-hmm. By so your older siblings. Like, yeah, exactly. So like, this is just like childhood to me. You know, like, <laughs> did you watch Get a Life? Uh, at all before this or around the same time? No, uh, no, not really. No. So you um, you you are not coming at so. from seeing him on Letterman or seeing him on Game yeah. Life. It's this purely is like an, it is independent object. Yeah, me as a young kid, I I saw that, and then like as yeah, as I got older, it was like okay, you kind of branch out and shit um, from there. But yeah, as someone who uh, was around the age when he was Letterman was super popular and he was on yeah. Letterman. And he was, like, such a highlight. Like, when Chris Elliott showed up on Letterman, it was so, like, me, my dad, it was a bonding thing for my dad and I, right? Because oh, totally. he, he he liked Chris Elliott's dad, who was a famous <laughs> yeah. radio guy. And, uh... <laughs> Alfred Molina yeah. in one scene. Alfred Molina in one scene. <laughs> and then he got, got Get a Life, which was also, like, when you're a kid, that's the funniest shit ever. Yeah. So we were, uh, people my age were really anticipating this movie. Totally. Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, the FDR fireside chat that he did back? Mm-hmm. Oh, that the, one's... The whole special. The awesome. special is very... <laughs> was, very it was, special. It was, it, was, it, was, it was 88, 89, I think. It was him doing an address as yeah. FDR and like going in and out of character. But then it's intercut with sports <laughs> announcements that are going on with a, ba- a local basketball game. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah, that's another one that's just sort of like lost in the ether of time. Kind of thing. You can probably well, get it on YouTube. Thing, yeah, you can find it on YouTube. It's yeah. one thing like, where, where we think about now that everything, content is colliding into these spaces where HBO should supposedly have everything all on HBO Max at some point, but I would love to see those specials. So this is how I came into Cabin Boy growing up. I mean, I knew Chris Elliott from SNL, 
I didn't. I wasn't allowed to watch Letterman so much growing up. Yeah, it was always like a Leno Letterman, Carson Letterman, like always dynamic. Um, but uh, I don't know if you all remember like free weekends of HBO and Cinemax. Yeah. And so I remember this being played a lot on there, like Kingpin, Biodome, which we've done an episode of. Huh. Um, Dracula Dead and Loving It was another one. Huh. Wow. Yeah. What, so, what, what do you think about this movie appealed to cable stations? Or like, say it was on HBO or something. What it was appealed cheap. To yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's why it was like... It would make its mo- more money back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... It made its money back. It's no. also a Disney film, no. technically, mm-hmm. too. So their marketing's oh, probably yeah. on that, like bulk, bulk buying. Yeah. Well, it was an interesting period for yeah. Touchstone. So the same year that Touchstone put this out, they also put out Color of Night, the oh. Chris Ooh, Willis, yep. uh, the, the infamous... Yeah, the Nutsack movie. All the, the <laughs> Nutsack, I call <laughs> it. <laughs> Here we have the first anachronism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, where are we? I feel like this is, like, in somewhere, like, off of Moore Park somewhere. Yeah, Simi Valley. Yeah. The Manson family live right up the hill. Even if the limousine stuff yeah, kind of comes yeah. too soon I really like the limo driver <laughs> no I think it's sort of like old, the, old, the old sort of showbiz vibe that kind of goes through this like this in the Bob the Bob Elliott vibe yeah and you could say that uh, the anachronisms are perhaps like a sly, surreal, satirical touch, but I actually think they speak to the lack of the budget. Once Tim Tim Burton was originally supposed to direct this movie, yeah, and then he pulled out to do Ed Wood, and uh, Adam Resnick, who co-created Get a Life, did yeah. it instead. And this speaks to the budget leaving the movie with Tim Burton. Yeah. And Tim Burton <laughs> <laughs> the production design, everything. Yeah, yeah they were already pretty far into pre-production. I think slash the budget yeah. like half, or it was pretty substantial. Is this, is, was that an allegory to Alice Wonderland? He's following, not following the rabbit, but following. He's going down the hole. <laughs> I love how he gets to Moor Park to <laughs> to somewhere in Marina Del Rey. <laughs> I guess he can get. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Brett you mentioned a two and a half because I always get scared when I hear like when I hear one I'm excited when I hear five I'm excited when I hear two and a half I'm like I'm like a mediocre two and a half like I, okay yeah. so, so I didn't re-watch, I rewatched this yesterday yeah. I rewatched this yesterday and I was struck by how yeah. everyone in the movie is a lot better than I than I think Chris Elliott. <laughs> yeah, oh no, totally. Ultimately I believe his medium was television and his work on Letterman was very defining and very complimentary <laughs> to what Letterman was himself doing on yeah. his own show. And then Get a Life was such a disruptive moment in television, but also benefited from Fox being a brand new network and they kind of didn't know what to do yeah. with shows instead of just canceling them. So uh, here we have the starring vehicle in an era where all the, the comedy TV stars got really weird starring vehicles like Corky Romano or... Uh, like. It's I mean, the Billy Madison Rob looks pretty normal compared to these movies. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I was going to say, all, all the Rob Schneider movies are as weird as this. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Like the Animal. It's pretty The, hot, the, chick animal, is, the yeah. hot Chick is pretty bizarre. Yeah. Oh, we love we love the Hot Chick here. Yeah. 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 Just, they're all like, these extreme high concept movies. And this is the best scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this yeah, is this hands down the best scene in the movie. It's, yeah. Corey, this is your bonding moment right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah me and my dad. Merging worlds. Yeah. And... And also, this is the best scene in the movie, but this is the one that was the most lampooned because yeah. everyone was 
had Knives Out for Letterman hosting the Oscars. Yeah. This was Letterman oh. making a transition from late night, like late, late, like the 1230 slot into the 1130 in, slot. In, when he got went to CVS, yeah. yeah that's right. Peak yeah. This is the scene that always gets played the most anywhere. It's like, I don't know, like I just always, when, even when you mention the movie, like, oh yeah, that scene with David Letterman. Yeah, well, like it's because it's the best scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't notice last time. There's a color TV behind it, and, and, and a radiation. Color on it. And radiation. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. Uh, I don't think this is the best scene in the movie. I disagree, and I'll let oh. you know what the best scene in the movie comes up. Is okay. The band dance. Uh, well, that's, is that <laughs> in the movie? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is. Oh, the band dance is part of the. Yeah. Well, I, he calls him Jennifer. That's so good. <laughs> he keeps changing the name. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're right. cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the committed nature of Letterman's performance. Letterman's yeah. only theatrical yeah. appearance, by the way. Yes. Yeah. It's, oh, wow. It's part of the thing. You won't count the late show, wow. even though it's not really him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I live for the late show. It's one of my favorite TV movies. Uh, Daniel, what's his Dan face? Roebuck. Dan Roebuck playing uh, Leno is amazing. Yeah. I, I love Dan Roebuck. That is like that dude's the heart and soul of TV and genre films. Yes. I feel like, and he yeah. plays Gary Marshall in a TV movie about Mork and Mindy. Does <laughs> <laughs> he do the voice? Does he do the voice? Yeah, that's the voice. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, I have to throw out a <laughs> random thing: is you know Penny Marshall when she died, sadly, uh, R.I.P. Um, was making a documentary on Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I knew this. And I guess this is like about to come out. I think this year. And it's to redeem him. Right? Yeah, it's to redeem him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like it's like this bizarre thing. And I'm like, what's like uh, another great performer who is yeah. better than Chris Elliott in this uh, movie is Andy well, Richter. yeah, Andy Richter. Now, can you guys? I always get confused. Where is this on the timeline of when Conan was on? This there? is after Conan. Okay. Yeah, so, so Conan, he was already known. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Conan was Conan was struggling at this point. So, it, it, yeah. it was ninety three. This was in production around the same time. So he came out was it summer of ninety four? Like, mm-hmm. like around that time. So Conan had been on for at least a year. Okay, but it was still like not very widely watched. Right, right. Yeah, isn't that weird? But then there was also later with Greg Kinnear that was not like widely watched either. Yeah, but well, he's still likable. <laughs> yeah. I was just actually dear God was on the, Gary Marshall connection uh-huh. was on TV at a motel I was at last night and I was like wow like, what is this movie like oh wait it's dear God uh-huh. <laughs> I, I just saw Greg Kinnear in something else and I was kind of bowled over by him but the movie wasn't good it's Nurse Betty oh I love Nurse uh, Betty that's Neil Butte. yeah yeah I, it's funny well. Not to talk about Nurse Betty when we're talking about Cabin Boy, oh. but that movie needed to be 70 minutes and just about <laughs> Renee Zellweger and the, the the subplot with Chris Rock and Morgan Freeman sucks oh. and it kind of drags into I actually really, uh, I really am a fan of that movie because <laughs> really? of that. Yeah, I think that dynamic of the father-son, it's super violent. It doesn't make any sense why it's that violent. Like, it's just, but there's something there. Because Chris Rock is not the greatest actor. No, well, I, you're tying it back to Chris Elliott. Yeah. both better on TV than they yeah. were in a movie. Yeah. But, or, ironically, both of them were really stymied by SNL. Because mm-hmm. Elliot was only on the one season after this. Yeah. And Rock had, did better stuff on <laughs> In Living Color and on Chris Rock's show on HBO. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Rock's what? SNL run, not good. Well, he was, he didn't really, I just did, don't think he really had the avenue to do much. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of the... Did, did he get fired the same year? What's the Adam Sandler one? He got fired in 94? Yeah, so the, okay. there's, there's this, that, the mass exodus of the, the bad yeah. boys, like Happy Madison group. Yeah. Where like, you know, Phil Hartman had left, Mike Myers had left, Dan Carvey. A lot of like the real like, sketch performer types. And you were left with Sandler and Spade and Schneider oh, okay. and Marley. And, yeah. 
guys are all funny as hell, but they're not the most, they're not the best like sketch dudes. Because as a kid, yeah, it just kind of gets all lumped in, kind of yeah. like that. Where I'm just like, I remember because I had actually had like a jigsaw puzzle as a kid that was uh, of the the late of the early '90s, the mid '90s team, and I did it. I remember doing it and just being like, these are the characters I remember, like Caveman Lawyers on there and stuff like that. Yeah. I wish I had that jigsaw puzzle still. Like I remember I glued it up, <laughs> and so that was how I learned everyone. But Chris Elliott's not on there. And Chris Rock is actually on there, but like it was just like this weird like hodgepodge of like characters. Well, that's what's so. funny. The season that, that Elliot's on, it was Dean Ruffalo was on that year. Sue Sullivan was on. Michael McKean was there. That was weird. No, he was weird. Last member at that time. Too. So there was just a weird. <laughs> the, weird the, 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 you want to add the chum that he gets yeah, the, 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 the the hot chum. This is a good joke. <laughs> Chris, where did you uh, find this movie in your life? Uh, before. I think me and you both rewatched these. Uh, I would always watch it at uh, a buddy of mine's house. We watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did he live on a boat? No, no. He, he was just into like this. Uh, so like, I would never seek out. I would just stumble across it. He's in the very the weird cameo, yeah. dream sequence slash satire yeah. of indecent proposal yeah, moment yeah. That, <laughs> that always to me it's like well it comes right not to get into Kingpin but it comes right at the Bill Murray commercial that's so yeah, good yeah, yeah, that yeah. almost like kind of overshadows that moment <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah I did want to point out like we got introduced to the other uh, shipmates which is Byron Byron James. James from, um, and then James Gammon, who's this, this great theater actor, um, and then Brian Dole Murray, yeah, who's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, really on the boat. Yeah. He's really so the MVP good. of season two of Get a Life. Yeah, the name of season two like rules. But Brian Doyle Murray is kind of always the MVP in everything he's in. Yeah, don't you Scrooge, yeah. Wayne, yeah. Wayne's World. Yeah, five pounds of beef. <laughs> who's this other guy behind the left? On the left. Yeah. So that's the, I was looking it up. He's just like another character actor that. Just kind of showed up, yeah. yeah. The the captain, oh yeah. Um, He's good too. Nothing to really like point out, other than like just sort of like just that one of those go to guys. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be a '90s comedy without a gay panic joke. And here we go. <laughs> well, this is a recycled gay panic joke from planes, trains, and automobiles, essentially. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's the same, almost the same joke, by and large. Like, um, but yeah. <laughs> I think that's like one of my my favorite parts that I. I noticed in rewatching is when they wake up right now and he has like the, the cigars like the on cigar. Chris Elliott's the face cigar. Up. And he like notices it later and he's like ah! <laughs> like he's got ash on like he's still chewing on it <laughs> hello <laughs> morning <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he makes like a comment or something about like a certain kind of drink that he had also like no no more of this this drinking <laughs> like the rest mm-hmm. of the movie or something like that like it's very like um, Lloyd Bridges in an airplane like oh, bad day to stop sniffing glue kind of mm-hmm. thing like yeah. that like running joke um do you think that these actors well obviously Brian Doyle Murray worked on Get a Life yeah so he got Chris Elliott to a degree we hope do you think all these <laughs> other actors got Chris Elliott I don't think Byron James did. They, they probably thought <laughs> the same way they do like they do in the movie. I feel um, like they just want to kick them, kick them off the fucking boat. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys one of the strange. I, one of the strangest Byron James parts is him as the studio head and the player. Oh yeah. Just because oh, you just yeah. don't see him as that. So yeah. it's such a strange energy. <laughs> Deep dive. Think about you a lot, Brett. Was when I go my on my YouTube binges of Lifetime '80s and '90s movies made for TV. Byron James is the cop in the Eileen Warno story. <laughs> Overkill. And I was watching that the other night, and I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to talk to Brett about this. Oh, right. <laughs> but yeah. I just was like, Byron James, like, talk about a guy who's, I mean, most known for Blade Runner, but has, like, has quite a bevy of, of list yeah. of, of performances. <laughs> yeah, he passed away uh, before, like, everybody had video evidence yeah. littered all over YouTube, so I haven't really seen any interviews with him. Although, if I look deep enough, I'm sure we'd find them. Yeah. He seems like a... Like a nice dad who's just into <laughs> playing these like s- soul sucking. He's got a yeah. Frederick Forrester from Valley Girl kind of kind of deal. Like I've been to Vietnam, it kind of fucked me up. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You're all right, kids. You know, kind of moment. You know, mm-hmm. maybe not quite Harry Dean Stanton level. You know, of like oh yeah, I'm just drinking my sorrows away in my bed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um. I didn't realize I, I'm wearing uh, Brendan Murray's cap, actually. <laughs> this, this has been a thing this whole season. I've been wearing uh, the orange cap usually during our recordings. So, right this time. Oh, man. He's fake, see? He lost his wig. He lost his, he's his wig. Well, he's becoming a man. He's, beca- yeah. he's, he's out of being a fancy lad. Um... Do, you, do we imagine that if Tim Burton had directed this, it would have just been the same script and he would have shot it differently? Or would this have been a radically different experience? I Good actually question. I, I, I don't know. I think it would be similar. I think it might have been, we, we would po- yeah. point to this as his downfall instead of Mars Attacks or whatever. Oh, <laughs> you, you I like Mars Attacks. He did this as his peewee of the 90s. Like That's yeah. kind of the way it was being packaged and stuff. So I wonder, I wonder if he would have dug in and like done an extensive well not extensive yeah. would have done something to restructure it he's very much like a Pee Wee Herman character running through the, this yeah. man child that's slowly but Burton was yeah. not doing wacky comedies no no not this yeah. not this no, 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 no. He was, like, maybe he didn't have it in him anymore yeah he was itching to want to like do something like that because the Batman movies were so massive and yeah and it, it was just a smaller movie. He's still honestly. talking about going back to comedies. Like, he's yeah. still, that's what he wants to do. It's just like how George Lucas still says, I just want to do little experimental films. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll never do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll never do it. First, we're probably keep stealing it from them. Yeah. You know, those are the experimental films. Uh-huh. Um, just do, do it, guys. Twix on it. I have not gone down the Twix road. Uh, can, I, can, can I control it, though, when I watch it? So? No, that, that, okay. that version never happened because he was going to do a roadshow version of it. Yeah. With Dan Deacon. They were going to hit different that cities. Was, that was a really great Pratt Fall on yes. the part. <laughs> so is he good for the Pratt Falls, Brett? Is that what Chris Elliott's good for? Pratt well, Falls? It's just, yeah. I think this is not his medium, that's all. <laughs> but what about Eagle Heart? Because I feel like this is a precursor to Eagle Heart. Eagle fully. Yeah. But let's like, see these 15 minute bits. Like, you really, you do really have the. Yeah. It's also a language, it's also like a, a relatable language. Like, everyone knows Walker, Texas Ranger. 
that's watching the show or knows the structure of it. Whereas mm-hmm. this, it's like, no, yeah, it's, it's a spin on Captain's Courageous and like thirties Sinbad. Yes, that's <laughs> why it's Sinbad yeah. and fantasy. Yeah. So like, so, it's already anachronistic. Like even just doing something like this, yeah. there's and not I, a lot to grab onto. And I'm ragging on this movie, loving Chris Rock. I mean, Chris Rock, because I grew up with him and he was really important to my early yeah. comedy viewing. But I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I did when I was watching this, and especially as we get towards the end of this <laughs> film or the last act, it does feel very much an Adult Swim film by yeah. that point. Yeah. Especially when you get to the giant, you know, the giant and stuff like that. So that's why I was like, "Damn, this movie's about 10, 15 years before its time." In a lot of ways, I feel. Yeah. I, you yeah. don't get. I, I think that there's a lot of like Tim, he- Tim Heidecker, Eric Wareheim sort of strains, and clearly like yeah. they've talked about it a lot, but Tom Sharpling and. John Worcester, all of that. The kids in the hall were on TV at the time. Oh, so yeah. That was about it, yeah. as far as alt- and the state was on at the time. There weren't really any weird cartoons or anything. Ren and Stimpy, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, those. Yeah. That was the soup I was swimming in. Oh, uh, yeah. MTV's the uh, kids in the hall. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And Flux and, and Beavis and Beavis and Butthead. MTV. Yeah, MTV. Yeah, Mike Judge. Um, Mike Judge was starting to do Squidbill. Uh, Squidbill. Nah, nah. Did you guys ever go to the Spike Mike? Did you guys ever go to the Spike and Mike Animation Festival? Yes. Yeah. I heard about it for years, but oh, I lived I in the know, South yeah. Bay growing up, and I was never able to get it to San Francisco, so my teens. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, they kind of were, that's where um, a lot of uh, San Francisco Independent Film Festival and only had, I think, kind of spun from that, for that, that era. But so. it was fringy, like, that kind of stuff was yeah. fringy, and this uh, wasn't gonna, Cabin Boy wasn't gonna <laughs> light the, the, the mainstream on fire with its... Yeah, we yeah. you know adult swimmy kind of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. what's an interesting statement too about like the way that we think about niche comedy. So like Adult Swim is an under, like a easy phrase to use because we there's like there's a place for it. Mm-hmm. There's an audience that knows that. But this was a movie released by Disney. Chris Elliott had a show on Fox. Yeah, like that just wouldn't <laughs> exist. Like I think like he would probably have something. But on it was Fox at the time. No, it like the running joke right. was you know get the tinfoil and the and the and the rabbit ears out kind of to get to Fox. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, like so. it's, to Brett's point, it was the yeah. the burgeoning of like new sort of spheres and the testing audiences and stuff. I still think Adult Stream is niche. I don't think it's mainstream. Oh yeah, We're, yeah. Well, there's here's the, the weird thing about an aggregate it. for it. And this is the the goes back to Tim Heidecker stuff. Is this whole what's the guy? I'm blanking on it. Did the comedian and. Uh, Rick Alverson. These Rick Alverson movies that are like from that niche audience, but then they're kind of in this weird sort of like its own genre slash more dramatic or like fucked up kind of like. It's just weird because I feel like it's like evolving to like maybe if they if this was a hit, they might have done something on that level where it's like super serious. Not. I always feel like that's like the kind of the the plethora. Like the only person who's able to play around with that is Adam Sandler because he can. You know, mm-hmm. he made the money off of all the dick and fart jokes, and then now it's like, you know. But the thing he's always been good, like, like you're on like a Sandler tangent, is that, like, yeah. the way that Paul Thomas Anderson talks about Big Daddy is, like, really <laughs> fun to me because I do love oh. it. But I feel like the people that properly, like, the Safties and PT yeah. Anderson, Judd Apatow, the folks that, like, know any great, great performance out of them appreciate that stuff. Whereas, like, Elliot. I don't feel like... By the way, really Ricky like, Lake. Ricky yeah, Lake's yeah, uh, Ricky Lake. <laughs> bringing in sort of the... Uh, <laughs> if you have a John Waters shirt on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bringing in the kind of the John Waters dynamic, which really blew my mind when I was reading up about that. That's, that's where, like, the high fantasy stuff really starts to kick in. Yeah. Yeah. The microwave. Yeah, microwave. There we go. Frozen dinners. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the anachronisms add much to the movie, though. No. They're just interesting. They're going for it. <laughs> what were you going to say? 
Oh no, I, was, I just said thunderclap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like either a good band artist, name the... or uh, you know sexually transmitted disease. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did you? I saw you. Did you look up with the captain on anything that he needs? That he's in. He's in six. breakdown. The really Ooh, terrific Kurt Russell yeah. uh, trucker. Yeah. Uh, Who's that director? People love that movie. I've never seen it. it. Oh, it's one of JT Walsh's last movies. Old Men in Their Underwear. Starts Friday. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like Underwater, actually. Uh, The whole graph of T.K. Miller. (laughs) uh, He's also in Cast a Deadly Spell, which became HBO. Man, this is a shame because here we lose Andy Richter from the movie. Yes, we do. I know, it's so hard. No, we do get one more scene. Later on, oh, get yeah. one more scene. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get one more. <laughs> Almost out of margin. This <laughs> <laughs> is to make it seem serious, you know, that people can die in this movie. <laughs> so. Also, too, like most of Chris Elliott's lines throughout the movie are screaming at other people. Like, there's not, it's <laughs> not like the, the modulation. Of, it's not the most nuanced <laughs> performance. <laughs> But that's not why we're watching this, is for nuance, obviously. No, of course not. Uh, Shit! High-pitched screaming. <laughs> uh, There's a couple this, fuckets. This scene is always really stressed me out. Oh, yeah. Oh. I think those are some of the most like stressful scenes in movies, or like uh, like the like the panic at sea. Yeah, and it kind of takes me out of the comedy. I, get, I, I legit get stressed out when I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so recovering from Uncut Gems, I did, too. Oh, my oh, God. God. Oh, my God. I saw it yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. It takes a minute. I almost thought of doing the Malik movie right after that to get me out. Oh, that's to, a good idea. Like, just, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Howard yeah. can't help but externalize yeah, like, when you're I, stuck inside I stopped being cracked, so I did heroin now. Hawaii. 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 Perfume boy. I think my favorite thing about Chris Elliott fan culture is the mark he's had on hip hop. With Handsome Boy Modeling School. Handsome Boy Modeling School. Hey, he's the documentary filmmaker in CB4. Come on. Yeah, that's right. So do we think that Chris Elliott actually knew all these 90s hip hop figures and... Or is that just like they were into getting high and watching Get Alive? I think it's the I think it's exactly it's like DMX. I think it's like DMX and Nas watching Gummo in uh, in Delhi. It's like the same stuff. The <laughs> players getting high and watching yeah. Cabin Boys. Movies funny as hell. And we love Get Alive. I like how the original poster was these blowing clouds. Actually, yeah, um, that yeah, was yeah. the original poster of the movie. Yeah. But, but uh, did the poster have Chris Elliott's face? Large? It did not. It did not. It you did know not. that tells you a lot. Yeah. That the marketing department had no idea how to sell this movie, especially at Disney. I mean, would you know how? <laughs> I would say this is not. Awesome. No. We got we got, no. we got a great ensemble also, cast here. Here's the fucking mumbling. A movie that's like really closely tied to Cabin Boy in the same vein of like aggressive man children is Clifford. Which oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. But, but Clifford, like, it's almost like an anxiety attack on that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's like the whole oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But but it's still like this thing of like how do you sell this where there's an adult a like in Clifford, he's a, he's a, playing a ten year old boy for sure, but he's yeah. indeterminately aged in this like this little Lord Fauntleroy type like aggressive like a feat like however <laughs> old he is like it's part of it so it's not a kids movie you can't like you'll watch it as a kid maybe because it'll be in the comedy section it'll uh-huh. be in the comedy section but like I would never in a million years say like hey eight year old boy 
You want to watch Cowboys? <laughs> yeah. I usually don't yeah. start my sense of hey, eight-year-old boy. It's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like usually I've been, I've been telling people like, I'm like, all right, I got my A-list. I'm doing Little Women at six forty. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, like, hey, little boy. <laughs> you must be a fancy lad, Jake. <laughs> you are a fancy lad. Yeah, it took years of training. <laughs> Sorry, it was an easy end there. Oh, so by all um, means, take it. But yeah. But so here, here they're at the lo- at low tide, just hanging out. <laughs> I love the set. Uh, just this beautiful. Like this what, but wouldn't this be where you want to just be walk on kind of thing? Just be like, what's going on here? <laughs> um, I did uh, initially not mention Death to Smoochie, Adam Resnick's other mm-hmm. kind of big credit, which I'm a big fan of, as well. I don't know if y'all seen it recently. No, I have not seen it since uh, my. HBO immersion oh, days in the 90s and 2000s, early 2000s. Um, I mean, what do we think of Adam Resnick's directing here? Like, is this a well-directed movie for the kind of movie that it is or the object that it became? I think it's solid for what it is. I mean, it, unless there's something where he just pissed off some studio heads while making it. I love this movie. I have so much nostalgia for this movie. It could be tightened up comedic-wise. The jokes could land tighter, you know what yeah. I mean? It, it could be tightened up story-wise. Like, it's, uh... It was... Yeah, he, he could have tightened it up, I think. Well, do, do we imagine that... He's more a writer, I think, than a director. Do yeah, we, he, do, would say, he would say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I, one of the things I thought when I was watching this yesterday is it's hard for someone who is, like, trying to be a star to admit, but Chris Elliott may have done better if he had written this movie and gotten someone else to star in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was yeah. thinking that that person is Weird Al. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is like a UHF. Solid, yeah. yeah, UHF kind of world. Yahoo Serious. <laughs> Yahoo Serious. <laughs> it's just, it's oh, it's oh, not Carrot Top. Yeah. 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 That would have worked maybe. I'll stick by Norm Macdonald's quote on Conan O'Brien's what you call box office poison? <laughs> carrot Top. <laughs> like, yeah. I will stick to that. Oh, boy. I don't As the guy who did Dirty Work saying that. I love Dirty Work. So... Church piss house. That's a weird. Story. <laughs> uh, Here's a weird thing too: is this isn't kind of the era because of like this being a PG thirteen movie mm-hmm. when there was a lot more like maybe this would have been R if it came out ten years later or something like that. With that kind of like I wonder about that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it fits Resnick and Elliott's thing though. I mean, part of it, I guess, to your point is that like yeah. they worked on network TV exclusively, yeah, and there wasn't really an avenue for it. But I think that like Elliott's like abrasiveness is more like aimed at like playing the, the, the kids essentially. Yeah. Like he's playing a kid and get a life. But that's kind of the smoochy thing too, where it's a show about for but then like people are knowing to laugh or what was funny. Sure, sure. Like also and, get like, a life yeah. is uh, Chris Elliott seems to have best been appreciated by people who were kids at the time when his stuff was on TV. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, if this went R-rated, it would probably lean more in the direction of, uh, oh, fuck, uh, the guy, the guy, knocked up. Why am I forgetting? Oh, Apatow? Apatow. Uh, Judd Apatow Rogen, and, yeah. and, and what, what's the other guy? Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Like, it feels that This Is the End has a similar tone to this movie, although that's much more mainstream. But what I like about this movie is that it, it's, it's yeah. got the 80-minute flat. Like, you were running, you run, done, gun. Like, all yeah. that. And that's yeah. why I wonder if, like, the maybe the movie kind of got spread out, like, the comedy could hit, but then that wouldn't be a feature length. Well, it changes mm. genres mm-hmm. and tones yeah. every yeah. five or ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> I hate like, it. I hate it. We're in a sequence where he's <laughs> <laughs> Like, he's left out to die by yeah. these fishermen. 
With with some some oil, cooking oil. The obligatory sunstroke montage. This is another gag. And this feels like Get a Life. Like, this yes. feels like yes. Yeah. This, this is the most like, Get a Life sequence of the show. Yeah. This feels yeah. like the most Get a Life scene in this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Why wasn't there more Get a Lifeness in this movie? I think there's probably pressure to make it legit. I think there's pressure to make it like a quote-unquote real movie as opposed to. Um, you know the difference between Fox being a new network, letting him do whatever they want, and, and then making a major motion picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was Tim Burton sending passive aggressive notes the whole time? Yeah, this yeah. could be more interesting. <laughs> he was. I mean, he was. I thought he was fighting for it to be weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a pretty color. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, Kids in the Hall Brain Candy came out a couple years ago. Oh, that's, yeah. that's yeah. one of the few like sketch. Yeah, but that's also Canadian movies. though, which they. Had more, I think, say. Yeah, but it had the Lord Michael's juice. Like, I wonder, yeah, it just, I, I mean, oh. the amount of. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the water from Waterworld. Because <laughs> <laughs> this was actually, nah, this is probably right before Waterworld was filming. It was around the same time. And around the same time. When I, when I was watching this, yeah. I did make a note that after the first act ends, it really does turn a corner and it gets weirder to its benefit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Like, like the, the the dialogue he's writing for himself here is so bizarre <laughs> that uh, <laughs> see there you go here you go Andy Victor everybody this is really funny this is you get the same Chubb. suit that Chubbs has in yeah. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey Abby both hands he's going that that is that's funny <laughs> maybe ultimately yeah. the movie needs more jokes it doesn't have enough <laughs> even though it's an eighty minute movie. They may, they should have adhered to the joke. I feel it was all all supposed to be like this, too. It was all supposed to be crazy. Yeah. But, there's, yeah. but there's even things in like an episode of Get a Life, for instance, maybe in like the first season where it's, it's coasting on being a traditional sitcom and having the subversion just be like Elliot being aggressively anti funny and just like kind of being a black hole. So, like, the idea that you're coasting on this being this uh, very artificial. Fantasy. This is so different than the uh, the rest of the attitudes of '90s comedies. Because yeah. this year, the, the same year was the Jim Carrey year of The Mask, and Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Yeah. Um, and those are like stylish to a degree, mm-hmm. and then The Mask has this like new Jack Swing like gangster thing going on. <laughs> but those, but those feel like more fully formed, or they're like rooted. This is riffing on, on on genre. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean? yeah. The yeah. other movies aren't exactly yeah, because like not. most of those most of those comedies weren't like the Wayne's World movies do. Um, that I think part two does way more. Because yeah, Wayne's World two, two yeah. is a movie where so. they had no story. Because Myers yeah. wanted to do this this movie, Passport <laughs> to Pimlico. He wanted to remake <laughs> it. And they had the rights to it, so they basically just remade the first movie and yeah. just like did different scenes. So it has a sketch vibe to it, whereas this still has. Is but like he also is the Hall connection, the director of Wayne's World two. Is their main director Steven? I always mispronounce uh, his name. Oh, Steven Sergic. Yeah, yeah sure. so Good. it's like, hey, here's there we go. Great Russ Tamlin. Russ, Russ Tamlin, who was when he was a little boy played that little tiny boy, and remember what was that movie? Was he the hey, the eight-year-old boy? <laughs> no, he played like a little, like like a little oh, Tom Thumb. Tom Thumb. Yeah, Tom Thumb. Oh shit. Yeah. His brother Larry Tamlin has a great band called the Standells from Right on the Sunset Strip. By the way. Oh, wow. oh right. The Tamblins are a Hollywood family. Yes. And they continue on, and she now. Yeah. Amber has children with David Cross. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just all interweb from there. 
I just know him as Dr. Jacoby mainly. So, mm-hmm. Dr. Yeah. Jacoby. So. I'm curious what all of you have, uh, like, with other friends, does this movie come up in the movie discourse? Absolutely. Often. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those touchstones of, like, surreal, you know, 90s things. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, okay, that's a bigger question. Why do we like Chris Elliott? What about it is appealing to us? I think he bought a lot of goodwill with Get a Life and Letterman. You know? I think there's also an intelligence level that's there. I think if you if you are a fan of the FDR piece, like mm-hmm. for me, like there's something there where it's it's a character, especially Eagleheart, where it's there's a lot more like there is lowbrow, but there's some weird sneaky highbrow that's going on in there. Mm-hmm. Like I am I well, let's all think of this character. I'm better than this kind of thing, and I think that maybe that. Maybe it might be the turnoff. Maybe that's the tipping the scales yeah. reason why this movie didn't click with the public is that yeah. his attitude in comedy, when it's on when there's lower stakes, yeah, uh, it really works because he's thumbing his nose at the medium. But you can't really thumb your nose at the movies and star in uh, like a comedic vehicle. Yeah, well, he has the this meta this meta showbiz son vibe, but he's not playing him. He's playing him as both a little boy, but also as like a. Like Betty Davis or Joan Crawford, <laughs> yeah. or someone who's like who feels. And he read in his books, like he, or in the most recent one specifically, like he's telling his own autobiography, but framing it with things that he did on Letterman, where it's like I went to Tahiti and I hung out with Marlon Brando, and that's how I learned the banana dance and brought Letterman. Or he was adopted by Betty Davis, and that's why he acts the way that he acts. So he's taking a lot of these old traditional Hollywood sort of threads and things, but. But it's interesting is it's like Looney Tunes. So this time is and you mentioned this is that you have the son of. People involved in comedy is Polly Shore, and Polly Shore becomes mm-hmm. a thing, especially around this time. Yeah, and gets way more traction mm-hmm. for some reason. More well, because than, it's rooted yeah. in reality. He's playing. He's playing like Encino. His Encino Man character is basically just what he yes. does. Okay. Because he has a son-in-law. Yeah. It's the same character there in the army now. Kind of that. By same a, guy. A goofy movie. He's doing yeah. the same thing. Although they, yeah. their careers yeah. ended around the same time. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I like the Pepto Bismol bottle here. That. <laughs> I think, I think Pauly Shore never got a script that matched what he could actually like kill on. Yeah. And yeah. I think he's someone like who has some suck. great dramatic chops in him somewhere. Really? Yeah. yeah, there's there's uh, yeah. <laughs> there's one of the when he's standing up to like, like, like Smith, yeah, he's, have you seen him recently? Are you talking about the sad sack quality? I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of pathos going on with him. Pauly Shore is dead too. It's kind of like a that's a pretty yeah. Like, I don't know how self-aware him, ghost, he really is. The ghost of that. Sam Kinison moments. <laughs> yeah, he might be closer yeah. to like Corey Feldman than like uh, you know yeah. Yeah. than someone who than, than someone else who's who's really self-aware. It's just <laughs> someone who's, so. Uh, this is kind of my own self-indulgence. Is that I had a short film play at, at one of my hometown fests uh, last year, and he showed up in a in a pilot that was really weird. But he was kind of this sad sack dude. And he brought like actually like a sense of reality mm. to this really shitty, like someone self-indulgent, like about being a plastic surgeon and stuff like that. And he's like, my best friend's a stand-up comic, his name's Polly Shore. Well you make the same and, you make the yeah. same argument about dice. About yeah. how like you see Ooh, him in, I like, love blue, dice. And like blue Jasmine, I like dice a lot, or um he's like Gaga's dad and Star is born. born. Yeah. He's playing these like really good, like dramatic parts because yeah. he's really buying into it. But even in stuff like Peak Dice Man stuff like casual sex or <laughs> adventures. Oh, I just see the doorman at Pretty in Pink. The yeah, but even though he's <laughs> even those uh, uh, night uh, night patrol, he's in night patrol, right? <laughs> that might be a little too deep for even me. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's night patrol. He's two scenes, but he's funny. Oh, you talking about the the Linda Blair movie, Night Patrol? Yeah, oh, it's okay. Jackie Kong who did Blood Diamond. Oh God, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I yeah. Just, like it's, it's first I was like. like 
Up the Academy, Moving Violation. I was just like filing through that. Up the that. Academy. Like, yeah. Yeah, but, it's a, the, but yeah, yeah. Um, Night Patrol and Moving yeah. Violations were the two like big post-Police Academy rip-off movies. Yeah. I'm, I'm sensing a theme that everybody in this room really dug comedies that seemed meant for a young... Meant for adults, but really talk to kids. Yeah. Mm. And this is totally exemplary of it, but it maybe didn't jive with the times. If this was ten years before, would it have worked? Probably better. I, I mean, I, w- I was a teenager during this, you know? I was, it wasn't like, I wasn't a little kid. I think it works ten years later. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, I feel like there's something about it I think works ten years later. Um, but then it would be in the, I don't know, I feel like production design-wise it would look like Master of the Skies or like Cat in the Hat or something more like <laughs> yeah. garish and weird. Oh. Who's being honest? Like that's probably yeah. the sort of look it would have. Yeah. Versus something like this. Well, which, this would, this would have ten times more CGI. It, oh, no doubt, no doubt. You wouldn't yeah. have the, you wouldn't have any of this. One thing too, I guess we're talking. This about... This movie looks so good. It does. It does. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I don't mean that as a majority. Like <laughs> when we were talking about like Dice and Pauly Shore as dudes that did dramatic stuff at a certain point, but Elliot never pivoted that way. Like, there's no. never a thing where, like, he showed up, he shows up in the abyss as, like, the guy that talks about stuff, and this was Letterman era stuff, but no it's never is. like, hey, Chris Elliott has a good, small, dramatic part, where he's, like, the wise, he's Wesley Snipes' wisecracking partner nice. in Murder at 1600, like, the Dennis yeah. Miller part. He didn't go they, into There were no other ones except the abyss. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, we have a copy of Blink Man here. <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this also? Because this, this, film... this came up in the yeah. car. You were saying yeah. Yeah. You're talking about Blake. Yeah. That's, 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 that's more the same where I went. No, that's the route I went. It's another one where it's like that and Major Payne. Same era. <laughs> it's got half the cast of Boomerang in this. David Allen, yeah. Maria, Robin yeah. Givens. Yeah. It does. Not the new Boomerang, folks, if you're uh, listening. Eddie Murphy's best performance. Ooh. I'm a big Harlem Knights fan. good. That's what I want to right. watch. Vamp- yeah. Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> I think some there's some great moments. You want to talk about a movie that's like getting yeah. off on this little bit, the most like uneven <laughs> of moments where I'm like, I think the horror works really well in Vampire in Brooklyn. I think the yeah. comedy, when it's not John Witherspoon, uh, is yeah. garbage. Yeah, like it's really it's, it's leftover scenes from coming to America. Well, uh, yeah. Wes Craven yeah. was never known for his pitch perfect comedic timing. <laughs> <laughs> He's also I think we had this conversation when he when you guys did like a special back in Cinema Family Days. Uh-huh. About this, about like, Russ Cohen always is trying to get outside of being the horror guy. He was like the totally. one dude yeah, yeah, that was totally. trying to always get somewhere else, and I don't know why. And like, Eddie's trying to get out of doing comedy at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's why yeah. that movie is just so strange. <laughs> In some ways, is it the sequ- is it the prequel to Bowfinger? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Um, Wes Craven's oh, actual <laughs> high point in comedy is uh, People Under the Stairs. Oh, oh yeah, no, oh, it's it's here, here. Yeah, okay. that is... I think we used to yeah. discuss doing that episode at some point. Oh, you should totally do that. Oh, so yeah. Much time. I think yeah. It was, yeah. But I think it's, it's also fun. like... There needs to be more podcasts about people. Yeah. Like yeah. Didn't, didn't y'all do it recently? Uh, it screened for Terror Tuesday, I think, in 2017. 2017, okay. Yeah. I was trying to... Now I'm getting mixed up with lots of L.A. stuff, too. Like, mm-hmm. I've been following sure. on that end. So. Back to the movie. Who is this actress, Melora Walters? She's, oh, she's other she's things great. she's in are... She's PTAs. She's yeah. one of PTAs, like, solid... But she didn't work with them after Magnolia. But she gives like the big uh, besides Julianne Moore like the <laughs> biggest performance in Magnolia. Yeah, Julianne yeah. Moore is at like twelve. Well, it's all yeah. cocaine in both those. Well, performances. her character. Yeah, <laughs> there are. There are. I mean, she's little cocaine. Julianne Moore is yeah. just like, mm, yeah. Don't you, don't you fucking call me 
She's super great. Brett, did you watch Big Love, the Mormon show? Oh, yes. I, I, did, was gonna... I did not. Okay. Uh, she's on there. Many people on. I know were fans of it, but I did not see it. Yeah. Um, you don't bitch. need to watch it. It's not that And good. she brings a different energy. I would say, no, go to season four. The fifth season's yeah, garbage. The fourth, By the fourth, there's this reveal that happens in Big Love that I'm just like, oh, this is the ending of the show. This is where it should end. And then just for like, we need to tie off some weird shit. Yeah. But um, one of my favorite performances from her is in Butterfly Effect, the yeah, Ashton yeah. Kutcher movie as the mom. I think she's really solid in that. <laughs> so I, she's stuck playing a mom ten years after this. That sucks. I know. I uh, got a solid Butterfly Effect for the first time as an adult. Kind of loved it. it was oh. Really good. Have you seen the alternate ending? <laughs> No, does he die or something? Well, it's 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 they always weird. Die. Yeah, yeah, they, they always die. die. <laughs> but he dies in the womb. <laughs> he dies in the womb. So there's like this funny thing about Melville Order's mom is like always having miscarriages that they like deleted from. And I guess this is some sort of weird thing that they're just like, yeah, this is just too yeah. like <laughs> Well and also when she comes into the movie, like yeah. you have already have these other dynamics of these like tough, like crusty fisher dudes. Yeah. Elliot now is basically like the little bitch boy like swapping the deck with his tongue and she's got this like tough I know this like tough girl energy but none of it really jives oh here's the here's the banana oh yeah there we go also the dance also the dance that he does as the jiggle as the old lady jiggle they are throwing 20th century beer cans are those all micheladas or michelas I love those. I will order a chil- I will get a chilada at the. I'm a huge michelada fan. Yeah. Right out of the can, man. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, Bud- Budweiser has the best ones, and yes. then Modelo, and then Chicago. There we go. That's some. That's me, so like Merritt talk right there. Drinking. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the yeah, I mean, we were talking about all the liquor stores nearby. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, started. sometimes we. You gotta do a whole episode about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you could. Yeah. There's so many good ones. Yeah. We sometimes intro the show as like Three Blings Liquor Circus. Uh, outside nice, area, yeah. or Lakeside View, a Lakeside Lounge presents. Yeah. Well, back to the Chilada thing. Chilada. <laughs> I think that's the best Budweiser product ever. I agree with you. You know they have a new seltzer now. It's coming out this week. Are they are they getting it on the White Claw on market? The, the White Claw oh. market. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you guys might have to do a taste test. <laughs> I saw a kid throw up a White Claw yesterday. Like, really good. <laughs> good. <laughs> we were like, like a kid or. A, Lindsay and I were like, we're walking by. <laughs> so there's a Whole Foods right next to the uh, SAP Center to see the show. And we're like, oh, we'll just pregame there. And it's cheaper. And there's just a kid drinking a White Claw and eating. And all of a sudden you just go, wait, just White Claw is just going to replace the poor logo. Like, no, no, no. It's no, no. It's for, it's for you. It's, it's, it's no carb, man. It's no carb. That's fair. It's about drink getting drunk, but not being. What is oh, this? So the gummy visual gambit in the video? Yeah. They're trying to get Chalky. Chalky! <laughs> like, Chalky, stop hurting us! Yeah. So, they're trying to get Chalky to stop pushing the road. So, the Chalky that we have. It's my homie. Yes. Was, was this the reason why the name Chalky? It, it must have been subconsciously, but it, it wasn't the reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't even make the connection when I, when I chose that name for my project. I love this movie. And Jumpy. Yeah. We're just a bunch of fancy lads on a boat right now with Chalky right now. <laughs> Drinking White Claws. Yeah. <laughs> or John Taffer at Bar Rescue Fans. Yeah. 
Ten years ago with energy drinks, now it's the Celsius. We don't have a Walmart in Oakland, you guys. No? Yeah, Not anymore, yeah. 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 Gotta go up to Richmond now. Yeah. Or uh, San Leandro. Okay, so here we have a very Hollywood problem. <laughs> I, I, this movie has not already shoehorning in a love interest to a movie that probably doesn't need it well it gets weirder in yeah. about 10 minutes yeah. or less yeah. well, it gets even weirder the love interest angle but it's even weirder because get a life he doesn't he's sexless like he doesn't have like he's, he's a Dennis the Menace type dude who's tormenting even his buddy who <laughs> leaves in the second season his <laughs> shitty wife so, but it's, he's never like paired with anybody. Even on Letterman, there's no like pairing of anybody with him. So it is double weird. I just need to do more of my get a life homework because I I have uh, <laughs> only seen it in pieces. Yeah, marathon yeah. it one day. Yeah. It's good. That got me through a rough summer. It's a good show. Is it yeah, streaming anymore? Do you know? Uh, do you just, the, there's a. I don't think it is. If you got, if you know Torrance, you can find get a life. Uh, yeah. I do know, but I try to keep my laptop clean on that. <laughs> Fair so, enough. Your laptop in your conscience. <laughs> oh, true. For, for what it's worth, mine is as filthy as like an outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of like Friday Thirteenth, you know, seven cutscenes, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shit on there, and and I have never once been busted yeah. by the man. So I don't know. I know. No, th- there are a couple movies that I get are not... copyright infringement warnings in the mail. Yeah. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> yeah. They're not yeah. looking for Get a Life. They're looking for yeah. the Mandalorian. They're not looking for this obscure Star French film I saw in Switzerland. You know, it's like, 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 public ago. domain now. <laughs> it's like fuck. There's a good. Yeah. I mean, there's a good complete series box oh, that <laughs> shout shout parts from a few years ago. Yeah, I remember that in Amoeba. It showed up there. All right. So, so what this this movie is also teaching us that. If Hollywood didn't like his like intellectual, co- that's funny. Uh, <laughs> Poor Ricky Lake. Yeah. I okay. So Ricky Lake, Laura Walters, and Ag Magnuson later all have thankless roles in this movie. Yep. 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 yep thankless. Yep. And who's is that? Anyone's fault, or is it everyone's fault? writing? Yeah. Brett, uh, how much of Chris Elliott's success do you think is attributed to nepotism? His dad being in the business. Very, not, not, very little, yeah, because of how young he broke in with Letterman, uh-huh. and Letterman recognized a kindred soul, and that's rare. So you're right. I would think that he just had it, and also his dad's comedy is so different. Yeah, than his. yeah. Um, are we going to get an Abby Elliott here? Well, yeah, his daughter right was yeah. on SNL, right? So, so the, and his other daughter directed. Yeah. This, uh, Bridie Elliott directed the movie that all the Elliots are in. Uh, Clara's Ghost. Bridie. I haven't seen that yet. Whoa. Yeah, so it's a dynasty. It's an Elliot yeah. dynasty. <laughs> well, there, there must sarcasm. Be, sarcasm can get you some places. <laughs> totally. Well, in the 50s, uh, his dad was a popular radio comedian. It was a popular radio comedian. So his dad had tapped into the times. Mm-hmm. Here, he had, uh, I don't know, Elliot tapped, Chris Elliott tapped into something different, yet very of its time. 80s into the early 90s was a very... Like snarky time in popular comedy. Think yeah. Bill Murray and Ghostbusters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I think he's his own guy. Yeah. But I feel like I need to dial in Jim McCutcheon, an old friend of mine. He's a DJ mm-hmm. here in the Bay Area. He's a big. He was the one who turned me on to Chris Elliott's dad a little bit. Like, he I, knows all that. I think the Ghostbusters point's really fascinating because mm. the movie, the reason why that movie quote unquote works or hangs is you have the Dan Aykroyd like super super high concept sci fi horror side of it. And it's entirely tempered by Bill Murray just poking holes at it the whole time. Yeah. And that 
births yeah. a lot of the high concepts like comedy vehicles, and this is just there's none of that. Is there's it, absolutely no tethering to making fun of the artifice or making fun of the mythology or whatever the hell's going on. You just have no you have no real. There's thing no. To grab onto. It's, it's funny for a movie about a boat. There's no anchor. There's an anchor on the cover. You see it fell, it fell off. But you do have James Gammon, Byron James, Brian Del Murray, and our sea captain that we can't remember where he's from. Rich Brinkley. Rich Brinkley. Kind of ground this movie on a level of like these are kind of the real like I would see them in another movie playing these characters. But these guys, I would fucking watch a movie about that. They were the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Mamet did a movie called Lifeboat. I know that. But even that, like they are like salt of the earth types, but in like an extreme like Hollywood version of it. It's not like they're entry point characters or people that we could relate to. Like. Elliot is a fish out of water in this movie, but what the hell is the water? <laughs> what is the water? <laughs> Literally, the water is the water <laughs> on the face. That's why something like Ace Vendetta, yeah. Pet Detective, works to like in that sort of way. Is that Ace is like he's in his own universe, but it's still Miami and it's still the Miami Dolphins <laughs> and it's still a sense. Udo Kier still exists somewhere Udo in this movie. Udo Kier is a rich guy with a fish tank and a limp. So here you go, yeah. or a fish tank with a shark. <laughs> in Miami, the shit tracks. Wow. <laughs> I do have to say I did I did do a back to back watch about a year ago of Ace Ventura with with Nature Calls and Ace Ventura yeah. One holds up greatly. Nature Calls is like a oof, what's not. Which one is Cannibal Corpse in? Uh, the first, first one, one. Very yeah. 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 Okay. Anything that happens, <laughs> it's the real level. Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, yeah. 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 because yeah. 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 what I mean is the Miami Dolphins and Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, because yeah. 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 Carrie's <laughs> a huge fan of Cannibal Corpse. That's how we got. Yeah, like I have this. I have this crazy memory. So I used. I grew up in L.A. I saw movies at the Century City 14 AMC a lot. Hell yeah, kid. And that whatever year, whatever season that Ace Ventura came out, I was just sitting in the theater. Weekday matinee show, yeah, that's in the middle of the summer, and the uh, the in theater music radio station was playing, and then uh, it ended, and the <laughs> announcer the the announcer came on and said, "That was blank and blank from the soundtrack to uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, also featuring Celine Dion and." Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I would go to that concert. Yeah. And, uh, and, and as a junior high metal fan, I was like, they're speaking to me. Right <laughs> yeah, this is... I just want to uh, point out the uh, Washington Post did say this movie was fun. Yeah, on the DVD cover box, it's in quotes. It is one word. Hilarious from WGN AM Chicago and fun. That's a payoff. That's a payoff. They don't even list the the critic names. No full sentences either. It's from Melissa's goofy comedy. It's a lot of adjectives. Up the, yeah. Kino Lorber put out a Blu-ray of it a year ago, two years ago, and I think there's another commentary track on it and some other features. I need to dive into that. Uh, yeah, I heard of oh, it. Oh, yeah. 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 Kino Lorber, the, the yeah. German company? The, yeah. 
So they've been putting out a ton of the uh, their studio classics labels and putting out a ton of Touchstone movies. So Color Color of Night is there too, but like all of the mid '90s stuff because this will never get theatrical play. So what are you? You've mentioned Color Night because of this also. What are, What are your thoughts on this again? Are you a fan? A secret fan of Color of Night? Or I'm a secret fan. I'm a public fan. You're a public fan. That's an American. You don't like sexy it. suspense movies? Come on, I, that's so like the, the, movie, that's the best one. So the movie is two hours and twenty minutes. Director's cut. Yes. Yeah. Even even with other director's cut, it's over. Over two hours. You gotta let it breathe, yeah. <laughs> that movie <laughs> is, I'm very frustrated. I'm a big Bruce Willis fan. It's the one I used to have to defend before all these last ten years of, like, money Bruce Willis. He's checked out yeah. half of the movie, Bruce so it's Willis. funny when there are scenes where he's really engaged. Like, <laughs> because it like seems like Scott Bruce Bakula Willis. is the lead in the movie, and then it's the the turn is when he gets killed. Spoiler alert. Well, Willis is in the first scene. I mean, he's in it on that, yeah. that weird, yeah, that opener that's, like, from another film altogether. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kathy Bull White's, like, puts <laughs> yeah. makeup on her face and jumps out the window. Yeah. That movie, I don't know, I just, you mentioned it, I was like, man, I remember watching that as a kid and just being like, I love Bruce Willis movies. I don't know what's going on in this movie at all. He doesn't either. That's part of why it's fun. <laughs> I feel like the, it's just like, it feels like also like Pacific Heights at the end, because I'm a big fan of that movie. Yeah. yeah it's, the whole it's, nail gun, like, it just feels like other movies are chopped in well, there. Well, let's get back to in seconds, I think there's a yeah. lot to this, but like, Color of Night feels yeah. like the top end maximalist side of like those obs- obsessive thrillers of the erotic thrillers yeah. the 90s. it was part of a thread and it's really really hard to tie Cabin Boy into something besides tenuous connections where it's like the rise of a certain type of like alt comedy or anti-comedy but it's doing something it's still playing to this old Hollywood thing like it's it's stuck out of time regardless of where you put it Color of Night is a 1994 movie I don't know if Cabin Boy can classify as like yeah, that, that makes sense in the 90s in, like, a vague sense. Were they both nominated for Razzies, probably, too? I Incorrectly. Feel, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, I mean, but that was that's their, also their connection. Sure, that would be it. This feels so 1994 to me, I can't stand it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it's so specific. It's just so specific to the era. Like, 1994 is the only year, much like Brain Candy, that people like this could be a movie star where they're on billboards in America yeah. for a yeah. mainstream yeah. movie. Yeah. This is the only year. You're right. Not before yeah. or after 1994. This year. Really but in Canada, they could always be stars like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say the mid-90s. It's the only era when this could happen. Yeah. No, that's See, they're very seldom... CB4. I, yeah. I grew up, I grew up in Central yeah. Florida. There are very seldom any like movie posters. There were a lot of like Universal and Disney posters. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that's a very specific like LA thing. Uh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Being in a band that's been on tour before... The only cities that have movie billboards at all are L.A. and New York. Yeah. In Chicago, you'd see more play, stuff for plays and stuff than you would for, um, for movies, if anything. Yeah. Orlando, it's all like, hey, there was, a, there was an E.T. Yeah. billboard that was famously up for Yeah, like years. England, like London. Yeah. Like, when my time there, yeah, it was, it was all plays. Yeah. The great Anne Magnuson. Great Anne Magnuson, yeah. ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Wasted Woo! in this movie yeah. because she only has three lines of dialogue. But she knocks it out of the park. Oh, man. She's Come on. Person. She has the pleasure of Her and her Mike Starr moment is, like, amazing, <laughs> I think. Like, just her and the That's cigarette. So, like, uh, I, I do like Mike Starr. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike Starr. I think this going to be longer, is what you're telling Really, if it was longer, you might have been on board with this one. I honestly do want Weird Al to be the star of this <laughs> that would yeah. be great. That's a good. There's some very but... UHF stuff going on. This yeah. is like a this is like a show they would show on UHF. Yeah. Again, yeah. written by Chris Elliott or him and Adam Rosnick yeah. or whatever. You know, actually looking at the back of this box, it says screenplay by screenplay by Adam Resnick, and his and Chris Elliott's name is not on written by. It's uh, just story by. Yeah. Story by. Story by, which is in I guess Hollywood speak is you wrote something of this, but we didn't give you the final. 
He's like credit. Or I want to do a movie. The percentage of work. I want to do a movie about a yeah. guy going on a ship. <laughs> Story by. He's a fancy lad. Take it. <laughs> He's a fancy lad. To be totally different. I have to uh, recommend by. to you guys Ann Magnuson's um, comedy metal band from the late 70s, early Ooh. 80s. <laughs> Vulcan Death Grip. Uh, it's very uh, good stuff. Uh, uh, <laughs> they have a whole album and a bunch of videos. It's so good. Is it on Spotify? No. Damn it. <laughs> it's this, on YouTube, this, man. I was like, this might intersect with uh, Forbidden Zone at some point. Yeah. Well, Ann Magnuson, what, the yeah, Forbidden Zone clock. news were in L.A. Uh, Ann Magnuson was a New York person. Oh. So she was with, you know, the, 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 the <laughs> hanging out with all those people. Blondie yeah. and Talking Heads and stuff. And you dolls, do you want me to make you a Paloma? <laughs> that I should do. <laughs> I do. We got a white dog. Look what I found on the free. Hell yeah. Some need... A white claw has been brought out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it around. A white claw has entered play. Ruby grapefruit. Okay, so another thing yeah. that I was thinking Roll about the dice. watching this. Yeah. Okay, so they're doing an anti What's your armor thing. class? They're also doing an anti-fantasy thing, because this is one of the only moments in the movie where they go like, okay, this is a fantasy movie that has like a backstory and a world. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, they really thought this one out. Yeah. <laughs> and 45s. <laughs> I am so attracted to her and Magnuson all blued up like that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited for the Avatar sequel? No. <laughs> I was going to say, do you like Fifth Element? You mean, I mean sequels. The Fifth Element is the old Ultra Beetle Woman. Or Beetlejuice. What is it about blue people in movies? It's nice on the eyes, I think. Yeah. I think most colors look yeah. good against blue. Because they have Watchmen. It's about the blue yeah. guy. Oh, yeah, Dr. Yeah. 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 What's with the Aladdin. fucking blue guy in the movie? Aladdin. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's the Gary Marshall. They got the blue guy. <laughs> It's a blue guy. Yeah, here's the other iconic scene, right? Yeah, yes. These pipes yeah. are clean. That's the part I, I remember when I saw it again. I was like, oh, Always, that's what that's yeah, from. This, this is a 90s TV commercial. That would, that I want to say that would be the most reference thing for me. Like, I'll just say that. You know, after this is over, we should watch, if it's on YouTube, like a TV commercial for Cabin Boy or a trailer. How did they possibly sell yeah, this? That's yeah, that's a good idea. I think it's on here. It's probably on here. So do you oh, think no, that so. maybe... Like we could find it. There was YouTube comedy was wasn't going to be like this again, but did Napoleon Dynamite make comedy weird again or something like that? Do you think maybe? <laughs> I think there's. I think there. Yeah, well, because because Napoleon Dynamite is a very specific like a mannered after effect of Wes Anderson. <laughs> oh, okay, I there think you go. It's there's like that Ball Rocket and like Rushmore, like these very specific. <laughs> like finally observe like micro universes of stuff. I gotta say, I lived in Preston, Idaho for a bit of time. That is the fucking place. I think it's such a good movie. I think I think <laughs> the look of the movie. I don't care about the characters so much because that that's where it kind of loses me at times because of just the obnoxious. But <laughs> the scope of this film and also the career of where Jared Hess has gone with his other movies. Did it? Did, was it a good representation of the Latino community? Oh well, <laughs> weirdly enough, I was there. Well, I was there as a Spanish-speaking Mormon. Nice. <laughs> so, I think the Hesses so, are too. Though, yeah, so, so weirdly <laughs> enough, my experience is very Star. similar. Who is who? Wait, who is this character actor? Mike Starr. Yeah. Mike Starr. What else has he been in? He's the Gas Man in Dumb and Dumber. Okay. He's also in Ed Wood. <laughs> He's, He's in, in Ed Wood. Yep. He ain't um, playing this movie anyway. <laughs> uh, eternally yeah. typecast as the condescending guy. <laughs> yeah. He's so the funny. condescending yeah. mook or like the the, the Pittsburgh asshole or. or yeah. something. He's the guy that Danny Aiello's young version would be in movies, and they would cut to old man Aiello. That's Mike Starr. <laughs> yeah. 
There was a celebrity, I can't remember who tweeted this, but accidentally, like, it's like, R.I.P. Kenny Aiello, I loved working with them, and put a picture of Mike Starr. Oh, <laughs> I can't remember who it was. What? <laughs> <laughs> in, any, in any case, this, he makes me smile whenever he's on screen. Whenever I see him pop up at something, I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck that guy. Yeah. You're in good hands. Yeah. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber, yeah. So, I didn't know I got cats. <laughs> There's also some drama, 90s or 2000s drama that he's in, he was like a really tense, what, what? Sorry. I feel like Oh, this is one of my favorite moments, yeah, when he crosses out Fancy Lad, <laughs> Cabin <laughs> Boy. I feel like if there's anyone yeah. that would have yeah. a really brutal, like, run on Oz, it would be Mike Starr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, would it be a prison guard, or would it be an awesome. inmate? That's the big question. He is of Irish and Polish descent. Oh, that's awesome. Hmm. Mike Starr. Uh, no jokes about that. Not Italian. <laughs> I, would, I would really, I really enjoy if, 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 in the 90s, and there's probably some of you were him and Joe Polito, or talking to each other. Yeah, Miller's Crossing. It is Miller's Crossing. Where well, they're in it. I don't know if they're. I can't remember. Oh, they're in a together. scene together. That's the thing. Is it, are he's, they in Baby's, he's in Baby's Day Out, oh, which yeah, I remember yeah. very vividly. I actually just watched a little bit of that. <laughs> he's in the Hudsucker Proxy. Got that on site. Yeah, he's in the bodyguard. I think bodyguard. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's, the, he's the nice guy. Billy Bathgate. Miller, he's a good fella. That's why he's in a Scorsese, yeah. Yeah, I think... You know who's not in Scorsese? Danny Aiello. Never been in a Scorsese. Yeah, very famously. Wow. He's in everyone else's movie except for Scorsese. Martin does not like him for some reason. Well, sadly, he'll never know why. My favorite Mike Stark credit I've seen so far, Collision Course, the Jay Leno Pat Rita Oh, yeah, classic. He plays Auto Worker Bowling Alley number three, which is the ultimate Mike Stark role. Is that the movie that Leno has always told people, like, why didn't you ever do more acting? He's like, I did this movie with Pat Rita. Yes. Not very. I knew I was not not up for the part. If you're worried, yeah, that movie is heinous. He's good at the Doritos commercial. Who directed that? Who directed Collision Course? Yeah. It's like somebody. Louis Teague, director of Alligator. Oh, yeah. okay. Cat's yeah. Eye. Yeah. Cat's Eye. It's very able. able <laughs> yeah. I thought it might have been a Mark Lester that. movie for a second there, but then I was like, I don't yeah, know. It would have been That's too it, PG for Mark Lester. I think I think the yeah. serious movie I'm remembering Mike Starr from is Blue Steel, which is yes. fucking weird. That movie's incredible. Oh, it's... I, I, that's my favorite Captain yeah. Bigelow movie. Oh, that movie that evolves into some really interesting <laughs> topics. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. almost it's almost like a liquid television short. It's so unreal. Uh, yeah. Well, it's also like, if you notice on most movies in extreme close-ups, all the graphic violence... It's like these really graphic inserts. <laughs> Good line. <laughs> Holy, Holy Christ. Christ in a, in I love the way that Brian James speaks out of the side of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think he does it I think it was a speech impediment. I think he did it in a lot of Hopefully he didn't have a stroke or something. <laughs> it's just like what he's good at. You know? <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna look like the captain when I get older. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you and me, you and me, and Chris, man. I think we're all. <laughs> I'll be the, I'll also, be the, I think that James Gammon's trip in this movie is definitely the best of the guys. I know that. Yeah. He's got frost. He's got frost tips. And Brian Doyle Murray's got the got the cap, but yeah, it's not just the tips. It's just the the sort of loose wind. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with my wife. <laughs> Yeah, to me, this is like the moment where I'm like, this could be on Adult Swim today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Vernon Chapman, like Hartshe Holler type. Like you're pretty crazy going to hell. Yeah, this is the the miniature work is really fun. I do like the miniature. So, so speaking of Adult Swim, what is what is? And then this part too, which yes, this part too. Is this a trigger moment right here? What is Eagle Heart like? I haven't seen it. Eagle Heart. It's like this. Yeah, but it's, with, it's like, bad. Walker. Texas well, it's Walker, Texas yeah. Ranger, but I think the real sort of... You have Chris Elliott's manic energy, but you also have Brett Gelman, who is just another... He's, like, the chaotic evil to mm. to Elliott's, like, <laughs> yeah. chaotic 
good, I and, guess. And the, the abrupt graphic violence that happens <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere. So. There are narratives. It's a silly Walker, Texas Ranger bread. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Walker. Oh, I just have not seen a frame of this cold episode. Have you seen that one? I haven't. It's no. so I good. I must have seen it. It's worth a. I, I did, I think, when I worked at Amoeba, I did, like, the first season, and it's really, it moves fast, because it's only, like, yeah. 10, 15 minutes. Well, it was also, Eagle Heart, I mean, it's not just riffing on Walker, but there was that last wave after this that, like, damn it, you know, they Toe that... Clipper! <laughs> <laughs> that looks frightening. I never yeah. thought of a Toe Clipper being that yeah, intimidating, funny. so. Oh, man. This is kind of... <laughs> and that's another shame, too, like, after this, like, it was such a huge bomb that Elliot... Didn't really have oh, shocky again. Yeah. Didn't really have like another thing after this. Like he was on SNL for a season. Yeah. And he popped up in Fairly movies and he was doing stuff and Eagleheart was like much like 10, 15 years after this. Yeah. I think he's doing okay for himself. By the way, I never noticed it was a bowling ball belt buckle. Oh yeah. <laughs> he kinda um, went yeah. right doing comedy books. Yeah. The comedy books are great. Yeah. Like he was still, in, like, he's uh, still working and still doing stuff. Like I, I just scary mean, movie and shit like that. Scary movie yeah. too is great. Like he's yeah. showing up in bit parts, but there's nothing where it's yeah. like he's the. I was just thinking because yeah. you were reminding me about Walker Texas Ranger and Eagleheart that uh, there's that wave of like cop shows and procedurals that were very personality driven. So like James Gammon was on Nash Bridges with Cheech Marin and Don Johnson. Oh yeah. Or uh, oh. Martial Law had Arsenio and uh, you and mentioned Samuel Nash Bridges. Wait, wait 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 wait. What is the thing you just said? I'm thinking so, like, Chris Elliott, like, you would think... No, no, Marshall... Marshall Law? Law? Marshall Law? No. Okay. Holy shit. Okay, so the year, so 1987-98, the year that, like, all of, like, the Hong Kong stuff really started exploding in America, so you had Face Off, uh, John Woo stuff, Troy Harker's making movies. This is around the same time as Rush Hour. Uh (laughs) Sam O'Hong had a television series on CBS for two seasons. Called Martial Law, the first, and the pilot has three incredible action sequences that are better than most American action movies. But it's Samo mumbling English, <laughs> trying to solve crimes. The second season has Arsenio Hall on it. So I guess my thing is like it's fucked up thing. Ever it's heard. it's really it's really very fun. Rush Hour. It's Rush Hour. It is. Uh, but it's but, but, but like I'm surprised that Chris Elliott was happy that this didn't happen to him. But he didn't end up as like the third, the funny guy on like an NCIS. Yeah. Or like a CSI. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like well, he just does Shit's Creek, right? Yeah. He's on Shit's Creek now. Yeah, Shit's Creek, now. Yeah. Wait, Wait, there's... Arsenio Hall or... I'm sorry. Uh, Sam O'Hong uh, is on Shit's Creek. Uh, <laughs> Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. <laughs> if they're all on it, then they're yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, mean, I, I would like, like that show then. Right? I just mean like career tracks, really. Like, I'm just glad he didn't end up in that lane where he's like... The third banana. So, this is, it's <laughs> yeah. an interesting point. So, Dennis Miller became that person because yes. he's the third banana yeah. in the net, in Disclosure, and murdered murdered 1600, 1600, yeah. and yeah. never talked to strangers. Joe Dirt? He's in Joe Dirt. There's a yeah. podcast called The Suspense is Killing Us, which they do, so they had a whole Dennis Miller episode, <laughs> oh, and it's really good. These guys are really awesome. Um, uh-huh. Okay, we're, we're reaching the finale of this movie. Yeah, they transferred to the Tiki universe. We're in Hawaii. Everyone gets Hawaiian shirts. Yep. Those are nice ones, by the way, you can tell. <laughs> oh, another fantasy analog would be all the like the Polynesian Universal movies from the forties, like Cobra Woman or um mm-hmm. like all these like super like high camp 
Byron James looks so hot in this movie. Like, I mean, sexy. His body is hot. He's quite a strong lad. Look at his chest and his arms and his aloha to you. Well, he's got, well, he's yes. got the rolled up sleeves. Yeah, he's got a good looking man. He's like Arnold in Twins. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to bust through that thing. Yeah. Beautiful head of red hair. He's got one button on. <laughs> Beautiful tan. Yeah, so tan. We all should look up more of Byron James interviews and find some uh, I bet you it'll be revealed. Yeah. And he'll be one of the more fascinating people we don't know about. Yeah, it was like when yeah, I found Sterling Hayden and all those weird. He was a painter or a musician or something. You can see. Thought he was Ernest Hemingway. The face he's making. Talking out of the corner of his mouth. So good at it. Have you seen Crime Wave? He, he does a lot yeah. of that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah he's, he's like, like the best part of that movie. He is the best part. Him and the other weird character actor they paired him with in that movie. Yeah, oh, that's from Sunny Boy. The only good thing in that movie. He talks like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, all, like all the freaks in the movie oh, freaks. Kind of like <laughs> Who's the guy from Sunny Boy in that? That's a special one. So Sunny Boy's great. David Carradine? No, no, uh, Derek Carradine. Uh, oh, you're thinking the, of um, the guy who played uh, yeah, the Pluto. Pluto yeah. yeah. Oh, Paul o. Smith? Paul, Paul o. Smith. Paul Smith. Yeah, he's also yeah. in Dune. He pops up in Dune. He's great in Dune, but his best role is in Pieces. The Gardener. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't mind me! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh see, no, I think it's best role's Bluto. What am I talking so, about? So, okay. The captain's gonna miss him. <laughs> what do you need to get out of here, Brett? Brett, Brett? Brett, what do you. Really, yeah. we, we like this movie because of Chris Elliott and his comic sensibility, but we also like it because it is a character actor uh, buffet. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. And Minosa Walters, <laughs> which. Yeah. I liked, I, liked it. I liked her a lot in this. Yeah. That, that was also my surprise because I didn't realize I forgot that she was in this when she showed up swimming. Yeah. Across, we didn't mention her whole point of her her role in this movie was she was swimming across the world, yeah. and then they, he pulls her out yeah. and finds his wig with her and attached to her. <laughs> she was sleeping while swimming. It's the fucking force, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually uh, sort of like that movie Passengers from a couple years ago. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's some people like Passengers. I'm a Serenity person myself. So yeah, <laughs> those movies. I like Serenity too. Oh, Serenity's so so good. It's a good, like, it, dad Y2K panic movie. It's also just a movie that I've just never seen so many great people committed to a plot that almost, like, I don't know what to tell you. It's about a lot of things. Yeah. Well, going back to the, the yeah. character actor buffet of this, like, yeah. these are just, like, crusty dudes. Yeah. And I've been trying to think of, like, the period where crusty dudes were not allowed to be in movies. As much not allowed, like, or... like well, not allowed, like like taking a Pelham one two three, like the leads of that movie. That's in the seventh. That's a, well, that's early, but the leads are like yeah. Jerry Stiller and Walter Matthau, and that's like the, our two dudes. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to the remake, and it's Denzel Washington, and you know whoever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, Bob Elliott kind of looks like ET. Touch my hand, boy. Now Bob Elliott's still with us, right? Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's looking like the Quaker oatmeal guy here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, Wilford Brimley, who's the Quaker... Oh, you're like the actual Quaker Oats yes. logo guy. I just saw Wilford Brimley at a convention, by the way. Sitting alone, no one was getting his autograph. It was, oh, that's insane. Oh, we all... Yeah. Dude, I was watching the firm for oh. like... I took a picture of him. He was just sitting there. Wilfred Brimley in Brigham City, the only murder mystery film produced by Mormons in Utah. Whoa, really? Yeah. Oh. Highly recommend as a movie. I've never heard of that. I feel like Brigham City. Mormon yeah. crime would be a good subgenre. Oh. <laughs> well, I have some, but there's not many, but there, there are some. <laughs> like Fargo season six. 
the Mormons are the big yeah. Mormon gangsters. Also, uh, Elliot, uh, Bob Elliott's uh, head of a hotel chain. That's his whole thing. He's going to inherit the hotel. Business. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. This, is Billy, this is Billy Madison, then. Yeah. <laughs> Wilford Brimley was under 50 years old in the thing. Yes. That's crazy. That, he looks so <sighs> bad. Well, the best is well, the he's firm, because he's wow. chasing Tom Cruise like the last 50 minutes of this movie, and Cruise like, <laughs> does these crazy gymnastics to like, get above <laughs> these like bars, and he just kicks the shit out of Brimley. Like, he's like, beat the, the firm, firm. Oh, which the is Tom firm. Cruise versus a bunch of old people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But Brimley's See, the great thing about looking really old when you're young is now you see him and you're like, oh, he looks pretty good. Yeah. He's, he's, got yeah. he's got his quick roll. He's got his quick roll for his diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like that's, that's a, a great, great snapshot. Yeah. If I don't, you know, you know, we were talking about like if this was an R-rated comedy, yeah. it, would, it would feel probably maybe better. But it was not the time for R-rated comedies. No, no, no. no even well, even there's something about Mary. A couple years later is what reopened the the mm-hmm. wave. Yeah, it was still a while. Well, it goes back to all the Pauly Shore movies. All of them were PG-13 or PG, and they yeah. probably would have maybe been a little bit more grounded, even more so if they were R, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, he was so heavy to, like, MTV. Yeah. He was so locked in MTV, like, they cut out so many of the folks who are actually yeah. going to see that movie if it was R. Um, Out Cold's another one that I think works really well. That's the ski school like, mm-hmm. tribute, but that was clearly an R, and then they cut it down, like, very fast. This one, I don't know. This one just felt like this is what they got out of it. They didn't really have to really, like, compromise too much. In the end, but it's the movie that I don't know that we all fell in love with at some point in our lives. We did all fall in love with it at some point in our <laughs> yeah. lives. It's, true. it's absolutely true, yeah. and I'm 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 coming to to terms with things that I liked then that I can't really deal with now. Sad to report, the Police Academy movies are not fun. Don't tell that to Bill Clinton. <laughs> I, one of those I don't know. Four to me is always the I one I get over to. Those are his favorite movies. I like four and I like six. Yeah, six is six even is so. It's got Gary. Another jigsaw so. puzzle that I had as a kid. <laughs> even so. six. Yeah. No, I think it's fair. This wait, wait. Not, they're not mostly. They're wait, mostly you had very a good. Police Academy jigsaw puzzle? Uh, part six, yeah. Was. Part six. Wait, <laughs> six. 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 Police Academy. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. <laughs> that and that and the SNL one. I used to do puzzles a lot with my mom. Okay. But what? Yeah. That's incredible. But, but, I don't know. Like I don't know where they are. Someone get to eBay right now. What's the what's the price count on these puzzles? I think they're about five hundred. Five hundred. Okay. About five hundred. I would hope that Police Academy Six is not above five hundred. I just remember it was just because it's it's the full poster of it. And I remember um, Proctor and, um, what's his name? It's like a 20-piece puzzle or something. (laughs) 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 Well, the poster arts, they're all Drew Struzan posters. They're these gorgeous, like, or at least, like, the first four are for sure. I don't know. Six, I remember being very crafted. Like, it gets, yeah. I think seven's when they, you know, didn't have any money. <laughs> seven, <laughs> seven might as well be a direct video. Uh, well, direct, I think it did one day, well, it was like one of those, like, one or two day releases. But I remember it as a direct video as a kid growing up. And that came out the same year as this. Oh. Please got me seven. Oh, yeah. man. Mission to Moscow. Okay, okay. Two things. Okay. <laughs> Is the search term Police Academy Jigsaw Puzzle going to get me on a on an FBI watch list? <laughs> and you said your, your drive is filthy, so... That's true. And it is a 500-piece puzzle, which is currently $4.97 or best offer, plus $17 shipping? What? It's a big box, maybe. Big, um, that is not... It's, not, it's, a, it's, it's, a, a, it's a rip-off. Yeah. It's, a rip-off. it's like a good deal. I'll go down to Draft House LA and uh, do this with you. <laughs> just put, a piece no, like just put the piece together. Piece together. <laughs> 
Well, thank yeah. you for alerting us, Benji, to this incredible... <laughs> yeah, uh, man. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, uh, I Something may or may not look into eBay jigsaw puzzle weirdness yeah. later. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, okay, so I think this... I might. <laughs> <laughs> 1993, not 94, but you know where we're going. Yeah, we, yeah it's, it's all in the same era, the mid-90s. Ben Stiller show was on Kevin TV. Boy production yes. association yes. with yes. an embarrassed veteran Steve of the industry. Like, <laughs> Steve uh, Steve someone who only had their credit at the end of the movie yeah. contractually. Like at the yeah. end of the end credits. Uh, no one's looking. Well, well, are we watching this? Uh, you want to find the trailer? Yeah, well, let's, on let's see how this goes. Yeah. I mean, um, I can't imagine. I bet you they actually took uh, a good couple minutes of the movie and tried their best. <laughs> the questions are does David Letterman show up yes it? absolutely absolutely they're going to exploit every last good question does the banana dance show up uh, you mean like this is does Ed Magnuson show up yeah <laughs> I say yes She's what other things do you think might show up in this quotes Bob Elliott yeah fun fun outrageous Alfred Molina hysterical very unique. You know, I never thought I would rewatch this movie twice in 24 hours. This is certainly a new feeling for me. Yeah, that's what you happens. said dealer's choice on this, by the way. I did, and I'm, I'm <laughs> not sorry. We almost did Last Boy Scout. I'm sure we would have equally yeah. large number of things to say. Yeah. I um, yeah. last, last Boy Scout related, uh, I saw a print of it a couple years ago, and it wasn't the release print. The work Whoa. print was sent to us. Ooh, is Whoa. it more violent? So here's nice, the difference yeah. of the work print. So it had no yeah. ADR, color corrections <laughs> off. The opening, the beginning and the ending are different. There like the go. actual like introduction. They use the actual like NFL oh, stuff yeah. and actually use NFL names. Oh, okay. uh, a lot of the ADR, a lot of the best like Willis one-liners aren't in there, because those were added later. Um, oh, all ADR. Yeah. Or the ADR, but at least like went to go reshoot and have the stuff like you're yeah. worthless, I hate your pal. Like he's looking at Mr. Milo and the cat. Yeah, is like that, the little okay, stuff there, but like a lot of stuff that bookending it, like kind of punching it up, aren't there? Uh, I have so many questions already. Um, <laughs> first, uh, first off, let's watch this. Was the crowd upset that that's what they were going to see rather than the finished one? They were more like bemused by it because it was like a it was maybe like a 30, 35 deep crowd. Everyone was surprised. It's got a PG. Yeah. Oh, this wow. movie was PG. No, it's PG yeah. team. It's PG team because oh. the language, yeah. crude language, that f bomb language. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh, they open with Andy Richter. Right? <laughs> yeah. Sean, doing the dance? Yep. Thank you for that. that was. The motion picture that's so big is the world. Is that the same why in the movie? Yeah, yeah. it is in there, yeah. yeah. I, I laughed at that part. Dave Hannigan trailer? Yep. Oh, yeah. Ricky Lake in the trailer. Ricky Lake. The end is in the trailer. Wow. Yep. Cabin Boy. Phil Cullen. And his love affair with the sea. <laughs> fish, is it? Is it true it's unsafe to drink seawater? That's a new one to me. It's the most amazing <laughs> journey ever. It's an amazing With journey. With the cooking oil. It feels Disney somehow, this trailer. It's the whimsical, uh... It's really like yeah. Disney's, like, man's <laughs> <of> the house, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. 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 Also, yeah, the voiceover, yeah. totally. Yeah. That's yeah. it. The voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. And it's oh, all here. 
It's all like the fantastic like special effects yeah, parts they're throwing. That's the, most, the most 90s Disney trailer. He's Yeah, this mean the whole movie. Little city? We'll lose the scene where the kid in the trailer shows Martin Short the spider and he's like, it's Matika. And then just like cuts to like Martin Short screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There it is, there it is. Damn, he gets the tag. Yeah, that is an excellent. That's an excellent trailer. It is an excellent trailer. It sells the movie quite well to people, to like the, the ten or twelve year old and all of us. Yeah. And yeah. it was also uh, it opens and closes <laughs> not with Chris Elliott. Yeah. Wow, you're right. He's barely yeah. in the trailer. It actually, yeah, he's barely it's all late <laughs> night people. It opens with a late night person. It closes with a late night person of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got a TV spot. Um, TV oh, we got a TV spot. Very important. <laughs> that guy's voice. Uh, they open with Andy Richter. Might be the same they know one. It's one of the so they're selling it like a super screwball comic. Right? Yeah. 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 Wacky, wacky, wacky. This is good. That's what it is. That's really funny. That and then some. <laughs> like this is attached to like all the Disney cassette tapes. Yeah. yeah. Or is it t- is it TV? Oh no. Yeah, it's a TV. Coming to VHS. I think this is also before AB. This is also before Disney bought ABC. So like thinking thinking of a universe where this TV spot would have aired next to like Monday Night Football. This is also is this a sixty second spot by the way? I think they had the balls to cut a 60 second spot. You know what also we've not talked about at all that falls into this canon quite a bit from Touchstone Pictures? <laughs> Captain Ron. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Captain Ron. Yeah, 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 Captain yeah. Ron. Yeah, it was like... I went more of the Captain Ron way than yeah. other people. <laughs> I, I, love, I love Captain Ron. I love Captain Ron. Just because... Oh, uh, Chris Elliott. Oh, Letterman. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. boy. Oh, man. I think I'd like Captain Ron more if the roles were switched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, if uh, if uh, if Sharp Sharp was Captain Ron. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's more oh, yeah. The family. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of, It reminds me a lot of uh, Neighbors, the John Belushi yeah. Dan Aykroyd movie, where it's like Belushi's a straight man. And he's it. It kind of works, but mostly doesn't. Um, yeah, that's funny. And uh, that same era. That Kurt Russell was the straight man in um, Unlawful Entry. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Oh, yeah, the movie's really, really good. Yeah. Tomorrow, all across the United States, titled Cabin Boy. I was in this. Please say hello, the lovely, the talented, Chris Elliott. Chris! Can't even hack. Yeah. <laughs> he's supposed to be like a dancer, like a Broadway drama guy. Right. <laughs> Put a vest, white t-shirt, yeah. light wash jeans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so like, an immediate reaction, even on like Get a Life, there's a laugh track. 
Yeah. So there is something they're playing to, and it's more like one-liner based, so it's more like moment-by-moment based. Yeah. It's like trying to stitch together this whole thing. But an 80-minute flat movie, it's, it is like short for even for a feature film. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you still have to have the basis of narrative. Yeah, it's... No, no it's, it's, it's always that whole reaction, you know, no one... Not playing anybody, but you know, a bunch of you know, crusty seamen <laughs> around you. Always playing crusty seamen. Yeah, this, <laughs> this clip reminds me why I love the Yeah. You know, for all you Cats fans out there, there's a great Chris Elliott Cats clip where he's, he's one of the cats uh, from Letterman back in the 80s. Because they, they were right across the street from where it was on Broadway. Oh. Mm. Wait, Brett, did you share that? Like the hour-long that was the yeah. It's so good. Hour-long of every time Cats was mentioning Letterman. Oh <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. Oh my god. Was this also around the same time as the Crispin Glover Infamous video? No, this was a long time after. Long time ago. This is on the CBS show. Oh, that one's on the NBC. The Harmony Korean stuff is on the CBS show. That's your very nice stuff, isn't it, too? Well, yeah, I am terribly excited. And uh, it opens uh, tomorrow, January 7th. Um, which I guess oh, is it January time. release? January <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. And we're only how many days away from this? We're only, yeah, seven, eight days off from the yeah. anniversary release day. Pretty much a fickle mistress. Right. <laughs> He's riffing on them giving him a shitty January release. She seems yeah. to forget her children born of January. Well, back 25 years ago, the January slot was the kiss of death. Yeah, that was yeah. the great year. January and August, we talked about this in uh, our last episode, yeah. the replacements, which was in August. Someone should do a series of January movies in January. Everyone now is like, we, we've gotten a lot of feedback from the episode being like, no one's really ex- like, oh yeah, it's really underrated. I love watching my, my, my brother, my sister, your family. It's like, yeah. It's, it's a good DVD. So has things changed in the movie business where January is not considered the graveyard anymore? No, I mean, Bad Boys for Life as of yeah. this taping is opening this weekend and that's going to open to like yeah. $10 million. I mean, I think there's even some push for The Grudge even though it didn't do well and it wasn't. There's generally like a horror release the first week now, and I think the grudge petered out, but that still made its money. Yeah. Um, Then there's expansions, monster stuff. Like 1917 opens really strong. Little Women, Uncut Gems. I've heard Uncut Gems is actually coming to Netflix. Yeah, and very soon now, actually. Well, Netflix picked up the international rights on it, so so there's a chance that like the annihilation kind of thing where annihilation got out in Europe way before. Yeah, because it's before you got to do. VPN yeah, they're they're weird. Like they, I don't. Well, they're gems in thirty five. mission next week. Oh, oh, sure. okay. <laughs> it's January twenty fourth, twenty twenty. Might be in Los Angeles. No, your listeners might want to go. Oh yeah, well, our listeners. <laughs> or they might. They, they, they stopped listening about twenty five minutes. Yeah, no way. Yeah, this this is our yeah, You get you get the now. first music yeah. break. And yeah. it like, and then it just weird. It's just like, eh, that's not true. At all. No, we, we we like them. We, we're supporting. You know, it's not all of them. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I get excited. Yeah. We're, we're excited for our views. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit listening yeah. actually for the replacements. Yeah, right. Nice. So not as, not as much as like Beavis and Butthead still gets. That's just the every weird week. That's the one that everyone likes. Every week, and it's just us <laughs> acting out the movie. Yeah, yeah. really. And we are, yeah. I know it's on a two part. We're just we were watching like, along and just like yeah, we sang. We were full drunk by yeah. that point because yeah. we had done Super Mario Brothers right before that. Oh yeah, yep. and so we were just like we were out of it. Yeah, we were tired. Okay, so they, yeah. in, in this Letterman interview, this is the clip they pulled. <laughs> yeah, right? Surprisingly, they're saving the Letterman uh, clip for the, the actual movie watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Letterman's like, don't play my clip. Yeah, don't play that shit. This, this definitely parallels the uh, Norm MacDonald telling Courtney Thompson about the chairman of the board. <laughs> I suck <laughs> He's the best. Dude, we should watch Major League Two at some point. Yeah, I think that is not gonna be maybe towards the Lousy wrap up this season. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's our that's our one two. Yeah, so like that one, Detroit Rock City also, yeah, you got Snipes. Snipes, yeah, you want to plug some stuff at the end of this episode? Sure, I can do that. Yeah, so Jake, where can we find you? You can find me in between the rafters, the Alamo Drafthouse New Mission, in a beautiful Mission District in San Francisco. We're doing a Wesley Snipes four-film mystery marathon, Stars and Snipes Forever, Saturday, February 22nd, 2020. And it's a mystery of what four Snipes movies? It's a mystery. Oh, I'm not telling you. Yeah, it's yeah. a mystery. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a draft mystery. Out. If it's draft out, it's always a mystery. Yeah. For the actor things, yeah, I think yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's a mystery thing. Um, yeah, uh, but also Instagram, Facebook, any of those weird places that uh, yeah, people scream at you. Type, tell yeah, you. they'll tell me. <laughs> or there's actually a thing recently. There's, anyway, yeah, uh, my name, Jake Isgard, on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Facebook, I'm really boring. You're, you're the real, yeah. <laughs> certified. Uh, no, if they want to look certified. at me, they can find me. It's fine. Yeah. Chalky, Chalky, how how can we find you? You know, I'm a, I have a radio show every Wednesday on BFF.FM out of the Mission called the Chalky Horror Radio Show. So Ooh. tune into that. Yeah, yeah. And Brett, where can we? Uh, you can't uh, find Brett anywhere. And I, I think <laughs> Voyager Institute is not already. It's around. I mem- I heard you mention it in Freeway Two. I was like, yeah. oh, he mentioned Voyager Institute. <laughs> I was like. And then yeah, until I'm told otherwise. Yeah, I do do an event series in LA called the Voyager Institute. If you look up on Facebook, the Voyager Institute, you'd probably find it. (laughs) I'm just realizing I'm looking at this Police Academy puzzle on eBay. (laughs) (laughs) This looks like the easiest. Well, it looks like the easiest puzzle to solve. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's a lot of white space on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know where things are in a movie poster, so you kind of know where all. I've never heard of a movie poster puzzle. Well, I don't know how to be pretty yeah. crazy, you yeah. know. Yeah. It'd be good with, yeah, ones that got a lot of crazy shit going Who's on. Who's the other Drew Struzan guy who did a lot of, like, Mad Magazine? Kyle Jaff. Jaffy, Jaffy. There's yeah. a great one of Slapshot that I've always loved. Yeah. So, my, oh, um, the best, the be- it's Al, Al Davis did a poster for Fast Break, this Gabe Kaplan uh, basketball movie. Gabe Kaplan of Welcome Back, Carter, all he wants to be is a college basketball coach. That's a deep one. He goes to a school in Utah, oh, wow. and he takes a bunch of folks, like Bernard King of the New York Knicks is in this. Uh, it's like it's a, it's a it's great, but it's a oh like God. ramshackle group oh, of like, there's a, there's, a, there's a woman they have to pass off as a guy, there's uh, street hustlers, There's it's awesome, but it's a good like, wow. Bad News Bears, it's a Bad News Bears-esque 
college basketball movie with Dave Kaplan with an Al Davis poster that is amazing. And the poster for Long Goodbye, which is yep. one of the best one posters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the, the, the Mad Magazine-esque one, not the... Correct. Yeah, Correct. So there's a... There's another sadly, one. Sadly, I've never seen that as a actual display copy. As I a have poster. Yeah, it's no. always been like just some Photoshop or something, you know. Of Ellie Goldwalk on the beach. But uh, did you find more things? Than yeah, you? <laughs> so the, 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 the same yeah. label that put out the Police Academy 6 poster puzzle also <laughs> did a 500-piece puzzle of Total Recalls oh, poster. Let's see that. Wait, that, sounds, uh, that seems easy, too. Well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of black space and blue space. Yeah, so it gets it. confusing. So it could get confusing. <laughs> the only things you really know are the eyes, the mouth, and like the logo, the yeah. words. Shorts and And there was the other one, Memphis Bell, which That's is the oh, Billy Zane. I'll tell you, that was a hard movie to watch in the theater when you were a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> they all die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler: They all die. <laughs> but it's weird what gets a, a three hundred and a five hundred puzzle piece. Uh, oh, There's a Milton Bradley Last Crusade. Uh-huh. That's that makes sense. Yeah. The the, the oh, Total Recall one's very like. It's not a lot going on. There. That's like one that you would buy just for that and hang it up as the real poster. Yeah. <laughs> just because you, so, you had to build it. That's you got to press it with some plates. <laughs> as a thank you to each and every one of you for this podcast recording today, I'm going to. Custom make a cabin boy poster puzzle for everybody. Yes. Oh, it's going to be a thousand pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Will this be the, the DVD cover? Yeah, or the DVD, oh, DVD cover, not the blowing wind one? No, the outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, 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 a lot of blues. A lot of blues. That would have been all over in 1989. There's an ET one I see. Yeah. yeah. There's, so the, the majority of the movie poster puzzles <laughs> on eBay are all. Blockbuster branded from some years ago, and it's Animal House, <laughs> E.T., Breakfast Club, Universal shit, and yeah, and uh, what's the other one? Jaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all Universal. All Universal. They got in the puzzle game. Universal. For like it makes sense. Time. You go to you go to the video store. It's a whole night when they get some popcorn, a puzzle, yeah. some snacks, yeah. rent some things. Yeah, that's that's how you even make sales. That's if you ever worked in a Hollywood yeah. or a Blockbuster. It's a, it's a, it's a how you make your sales? They, they engage you. As a puzzle Impulse person, buy. if you yeah. could have anything on a puzzle, any movie poster, what is yeah. your or any image at all? Doesn't even have to be movie related. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you had to give one wish of a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of mentioned the slap shot one was the, that's the, good. That's, that's good. That was that was that's yeah. the one I've always. Here's the Batman Returns with. one. That's good. There's, There's a lot, a lot, lot of black space. Space. Yeah, I think I the Sharpling Worcester box set mm-hmm. thing with all of the characters. All yeah, that's good. that'd be a good puzzle. I would want the in the inside picture of um, ZZ Top's Trace Ombres, which oh, is just is all the food, the Mexican food, yeah, the Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's not ZZ Top. One, but uh, have you seen Reach, directed by James Cameron, starring Bill Paxton? Oh, no. For this band. Oh, 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 the video. The video, Mar- yeah. Martini yeah. something. Two yeah. Martinis or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martinis yeah. Amigos. Yeah, that, that was that, Bill Paxton's band. Yeah, that yeah. that music video is very special to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Street to Hell is another one that I, uh, the poster's never done it justice. Yeah, it's always been true. But I think that the cast, someone did a drawing of that. Like that. So you're talking about Street to Hell, we talked about it last night. 
The Alex Cox movie? Yeah. With Joe Strummer? Yeah. yeah that's, that's my right. that's my personal favorite. Yeah, of the Alex Cox movies. He went in on the Walker character. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa Walker. That's a controversial <laughs> opinion. You yeah. Know? Oh, I love Walker. Yeah. I think Repo Man is a perfect movie, but I yeah. really like where Walker kind of views. Repo Man is the movie that, um, well, actually, this is how Brett kind of, I think, this is how we got to know each other a little bit more. Hmm? I was just always around in a family during the time, but when I got a chance to show Repo Man to y'all, or we got to show oh, it with an audience. Did yeah. you, were you one of the winners? Yeah, that oh, whole thing. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, so I the, the venue I used to work at in LA, we did a, a thing two years in a row where we did, um, uh, in October, we did a midnight movie every night for the entire month. So you won one of them. And what was that? Okay, so first off, yeah. what was that like coming to a theater every night at midnight without fail, like, at your own peril. I think it was at the right time because I just started working in Amoeba and there was another guy, another Ben. Mm-hmm. You remember Ben? Oh, what's his last name? He's gonna, he's probably listening. Um, <laughs> but he also worked in Amoeba. He had long hair. He was a big heavy metal dude, metal guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he also came along and did the 30 Nights or 31 okay. Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a really bad cold about halfway through. <laughs> I didn't realize if I was gonna make it all. Yeah. Somehow I did it, and yeah, but I was actually surprised how many people were actually there. Yeah, uh, we we had twenty five winners. In t- this is in twenty twelve. We had twenty five yeah. winners, and the prize was if you got the most, if because we had a punch card, and if you showed up to the most, you would win a midnight movie of your choice, and you get to host it. We thought one person would get twenty to twenty five of them. <laughs> twenty five people <laughs> did all thirty one of them. <laughs> Oh, so, you, yeah. so we had to, to get, everyone? Yes, we had to get yeah. a midnight movie pick to everyone. And so we created a new series, which was every other Wednesday at midnight, kind of in the spirit of the series they just won the prize from, and they got to do their weird shit at Wednesday at midnight. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I got an email saying, we don't have, like, uh, things of, like, imports or anything, so pick something that might play to an audience. I got this email from someone. Oh, God, I probably wrote Yeah, it and, I was like, and I was like, sort of like, well, it's like... I really want to see Straight to Hell, mm-hmm. but I know that's probably not going to bring as many people. It's like, well, there is another Alex Cox movie that everyone knows. I bet besides Sid and Nancy, you know, I yeah. bet yours because yeah. I still have yeah. all the emails from that time, and I can look up yeah. all the attendance records. Yeah, yours probably had one of the most of the <laughs> late night, weekday <laughs> midnights. Yeah, yeah. The Two Lane Blacktop played in that time, which I was really happy. Someone programmed yeah. that. That was that was one of my. We did solo. Yeah. Um, I think I put that I avoided that one. Yeah. <laughs> I avoided it. It was coward. Like, yeah, I know. Someone did the red shoes. The red shoes. That was the. Oh, that was that was the one where it was. It had the changeover. The one camera was broken. The oh, the, yeah, the so, projector was okay, broken. Okay, so simultaneously, yeah. Yeah. One of our two thirty-five projectors. Yeah. The sound reader was bunk, and we <laughs> had to. Oh no no! Our power supply in one of them went down so we only had one projector and you can only do 20 minutes at a time so we had to take a two minute break every 20 minutes yeah and I just remember just seeing me watching the red shoes that way which is I kind of enjoyed because it felt like you were watching a play and you just get like you know commentary yeah you know for a few minutes and then but anyways long story short I wanted to actually show Straight to Hell at some point in my life but I knew Reaper Man would play way better (laughs) that's just knowing that because I don't know it's it's, Straight to Hell the history of that movie is so amazing I think just mm-hmm. even before, even just getting into the movie itself. Yeah. Like, 
It was supposed to be a, it was a concert. It was supposed to be a concert that concert. fell apart. Yeah, they were, yeah, none of them knew how to put together a concert. Yeah. It was to support the Sandinistas. Yeah. So they just ended up in Almira, Spain, and were like, okay, well, this is where they made a bunch of spaghetti westerns. So let's just make. But that's the thing too. Like they just ended up there, like all of them at the same time. And who was there? And then Almeria was at that perfect moment where literally things were falling down. Yeah. That's got a little bit of a you know, nostalgia, you know, kind of thing. But that was at that, that perfect time where. Literally, as these sets you fall down in the movie, I'm like, I don't know if this is like a joke. This is literally what's happening to <laughs> yeah, them. Like, it's the most it. like a Tex Avery cartoon that his movies <laughs> have. Like Grease Jones just hanging out in the saloon with Dennis Hopper. Yeah, it's really cool. But it's got someone is somebody in a scene and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Empanadas, I forgot to say. Anyone on Empanada? <laughs> but um, no, I just, that, that movie's just so special. Like Jim Jarmusch in one of the very few acting roles mm-hmm. ever. And just like, yeah, it's. it's a, Cy Richardson is not only really great in it, but it's like pretty clear that's where like a lot of Jules Winfield and Pulp Fiction comes from yeah I, I wonder think. if it was Jules's uh, girl pregnant is that why he's gonna walk the earth <laughs> <laughs> um the thing is is that with that movie is it just I don't know there's like an endless thing going on with it um but like I don't also know like to imagine that everyone's together again in Spain like who these certain people just I don't even think would even gel kind of thing like that like you know like this whole courting love thing before all that it kind but of has they, a variety show yeah. feel because it's like, eh, yeah, Jim, Jim's here for a day. Let's have him play a harmonica and, and threaten people. But he's him. like, he's the main heavy, actually. You yeah. know, he's, he's amped up, but like Dennis Hopper's moment, just, yeah, as the gun runner. Just, I don't know, this is so yeah. much. And then he recut it recently, which I, I do not want to watch. It's it. kind of lunacy. Yeah. There's a scene yeah. with like a <laughs> CG coyote that's really bizarre. But besides that, I mean, it kind of looks and feels similar. Okay. Yeah. I've seen yeah. The, the restoration of it. It looks pretty good. Cool. Well, uh, hey guys. Uh, yeah, uh, Chris is out for a second, but, um, yeah, a little bit of dead space here, but, uh, Cabin Boy. We get out Cabin Boy. Cabin Boy. Um, I'll say one thing to tie it back to Cabin Boy, I'd want to let you guys know that I did see Adam Resnick and Chris Elliott speak about this movie Mm -hmm. a couple years ago at the Castro, Mm -hmm. and, uh, they were both very damaged personally by this experience. Oh. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 look at they, they look at it as a as a, da- a, a sad part of their life and hmm. and their careers were kind of like, you know, derailed for a while from it. And uh, it's hard for them to talk about a little bit hmm. some of it. So yeah. Kind of like that happened that Hollywood could could do that to a, to a person. Yeah. I mean, what was their perspective? I mean, did they enjoy the movie? Did they like the movie? I think. Uh, we, please, well, Jake, you go ahead. Well, I think that the studios just like um, they were persona non grata in Hollywood a- after this movie. Yeah. For yeah. quite a for quite a while. I um we hosted uh, at, uh Resnick and Chris Elliott for screening in Austin, and I like, was the person who's like picking them up from the airport and hanging out. So I hung or to the hotel. So it was. Talking to Adam Resnick a little bit about it, and that was, yeah, that was kind of the vibe. Where it was just yeah. like, not only that, was like Burton leaving really left them high and dry in a lot of ways, because like. And then his movie won Oscars too. Yeah, his movie won Oscars, so like Burton made a right career decision for himself and really yeah. cut through it way. And Mike Starr showed up also. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> Mike Starr got both. Follow the Northern Star, the Mike Starr well, mystery. We'll, we'll talk more about Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks is a very special kind of movie. I love the first yeah. half. Oh, wait, both yeah, apart in moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's definitely, but it's definitely a case where, like, yeah. I think that you yeah. know, Resnick wasn't the director, and these guys were managing this this thing and this mechanism. They weren't put in the right position to succeed, and I think that there's a lot of like self sabotage, unfortunately, but also actual sabotage. To your point, yes, yeah, something like Very Cabin Boy was a like the butt of so many <laughs> jokes for so long, and and again, yeah. like, that was the same year that Letterman hosted the, the Oscars. 
and all of that fell into that miasma because like he was considered like a terrible Oscars host and Cabin Boy was yeah. another butt so like Cabin uh, Boy just was a shorthand for just this huge failure uh, but it really impacted them for a long time to this day what do I remember about Letterman on the Oscars? Gut me gum? Yeah, I remember. Why do I remember that? Uma, Oprah, yeah. Uma, Oprah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's really mostly he boring. Was good. It's really mostly boring people saying he sucks, but he's David Letterman. He can't not be like entertaining. At least especially at that point in his we career. We should totally watch the David Letterman Oscars. <laughs> Let's yeah. try to be on a tour. I would. I'm so down for that, bro. I would have, have, you ever done an Oscar I have to, I have to figure out if I haven't already. Yeah. What? Have you ever done an Oscar compilation show? No, I probably should. Yeah, I wonder if that was. I, I like the Oscars. <laughs> You should definitely all check out T-Rex. And, uh, head comes in and has an envelope in its mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one where Pee Wee Herman nice fights point. the ED-209 from Robocop. What? Look, it's the 88 Oscar. It's like Pee Wee, like the, 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 the oh, big, man. that robot comes in and Pee Wee like flies away and then someone like Robocop blows up. And there's like a thing that they did. Like imagine that this year. Imagine yeah. like, yeah. oh man, the Manson girls are on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we got the dad from Parasite to help. That's like, like, song. Yeah. Here, everybody from uh, yeah. from Shampoo. <laughs> yeah, the Manson family. What <laughs> pop culture? Like what pop culture figure? Like Ariana Grande, please help. They don't do that. It would be it would be the um, the the Wayne Diamond guy from Uncut Gems. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Wayne Diamond. Oh my god. And then Ray from Star Wars with you know, <laughs> and Ray Romano from the Irishman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think we just got our, our, our <laughs> Irishman. <laughs> you can't commit this. And then the dad from Parasite. The dad from Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> Which dad? Though? I'm just kidding. The, 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 one. Yeah. The, the good one. The good one. Yeah. Not not the one that sniffs everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, no. There's also well, he's not a father, but uh, this is the guy in the. So, no spoilers! <laughs> right, yeah, I know, it's the host of the show. Story. I know, I, I, I'm. Oh, that's my. <laughs> there's, there's always spoilers. Hey, from the record. Yeah. I love spoilers. I love spoilers. There's yeah. always spoilers. Really? You, 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 you've had four months, to, you had yeah. a year to see this movie in Parasite. No, no, at no, some it's, point, it's been so You had. You didn't see it, really? No, I didn't see it. Yeah, I just, I've been busy. But, but, I actually, I'm joking. I don't mind spoilers at all. I don't give a shit. I actually prefer yeah. them, like, professionally, because I need to <laughs> yeah. know what happens in these movies so I can deal with the movies. <laughs> well, it's just funny because, no, like, you bring it up because that's how we started this conversation was I was going to do a 30-minute spoiler alert podcast called yeah. Bruce Willis is Dead the Whole Time and Tyler Durden's in Your Head. And as it's like this joke of 99 movies, like, that were spoilers. Mm-hmm. And it was just me spoiling everything for 30 minutes and see how long that lasts. Chris came and was like, hey, I've been listening to podcasts. You want to do a movie podcast? And then, of course, Steve was like, hey... I got the gear. Yeah. I like movies. <laughs> On top of, you know, more things. But it was just sort of like, it's funny because that's what I thought my angle could be was just do spoilers. Like, spoilers, just, just, yeah. just fuck, fuck. For 30 minutes flat. Like, not do any longer than that. Like, Stephen Wright type distended yeah. one-liners. Yeah. But it's yeah. all just yeah. like... <laughs> Yeah, Kevin Spacey uh, doesn't fuck the girl at this. Table. No, the, this, the thing is that I like why I watch like these lifetime for lifetime movies or, or TV movies of the week is I only watch the opener because the opener is great, and then I'll maybe I will watch the middle, but only after I watch the ending because some of these are like five six hour long movies. But I think that these are great. Like the opening endings are into all these like movies of the week for NBC and stuff have this amazing thing going on. And then if I'm kind of confused, which really happens at the end, I'll go back and see what's the inciting incident that maybe I didn't catch. 
but just sort of in that sense of like just doing stuff like that like oh yeah spoiler alert, you know like the green beret killed his family actually this whole time it five you don't have to wait five hours kind of thing like that all right, so what is it VHS, now? yeah. VHS. <laughs> well, I guess. Right. Uh, Are you drinking one of those non-alcoholic paps right yeah. now? Oh yes. god, oh. oh. we gotta, we gotta yeah, drive soon. All right, well, oh, yeah. I'd like to thank you all for coming out to uh, East of Lake Merritt. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, it was definitely a fun one. Oh, well, thanks, well. thanks for having us, guys. That was awesome. I love yeah. watching Cabin Boy with boys. Thank you, Chucky. Just a bunch of eight-year-old boys. Here you go, eight year old boy. The copy of Cabin Boy. Yeah. Doing little women at 640. Little women at 640. Let's go. 640. All right. All right. Well, cool. Thank you much, guys. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Chris. Steve. All right. Y'all. Us. Y'all. Bye. Bye. Friends. Good night. Well.